Next.com show. Broadcasting live around the world from the Vegas Strip in a room where the term action could refer only to the classic Supercross playing on the VCR. And now, introducing your hosts, Steve Mathis and the OGK dub, Kenny Watson. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. <laughs> Welcome to the Pulp MX Show. Here we are live in Las Vegas. I'm Steve Mathis. You're listening to the Pulp MX Show, the number one internet moto show on Pulp MX. It's the only one. It's the only one. Uh, <laughs> welcome to my uh, to my co-host, my uh, my favorite sidekick, and the guy who's trying to get on my level, Kenny Watson. K-Dub, what's up? Uh, you know, just doing our thing, man. Just here to talk about the weekend. Uh, thanks for coming. You're a little bit late. Traffic? Traffic, gnarly? Uh, oh, so bad. So we want to apologize. Maybe you should apologize. I apologize to everyone for being a little late, but uh, shit happens. All right, and then also in in studio tonight we have uh, uh, hanging out, chilling the Mandingo Pickles uh, CEO, uh, Big Nasty. Big Nasty, what's up? Not nah, just chilling in Vegas. How's it been going for you here in Vegas this week? <laughs> well, I cruised down right after Salt Lake, so this is my eighth day. Uh huh. And uh, I just shit, you live here. I just can't get enough. Uh, and, and only one security bounced from security <laughs> all week, so not too bad. Yep. What happened there? <laughs> I got sun poisoning and just lost all muscle control. <laughs> Fantastic. Below the waist. <laughs> uh, so let's not forget our guest tonight. We have uh, Jim Hollywood Holly on, Larry Brooks, Team Samuel, team manager, and then uh, Kerry Hart, uh, owner of Art Hart Huntington. Rockstar Racing Supercross team. Kenny Watson's the team manager there. So that's sh- my boss. That's my real boss. Yeah, not sh- Steve Mathis, but my right. boss, Kerry Hart. Where I get paid from? Just another another guy that you're not on the level with, uh, yeah. Kerry Hart. He's going to come on the show a little bit and sh- in a little bit and share some information. Right off the top, though, let's get into our sponsors. Who we couldn't do this without our sponsors, and that would be uh, TREMX, uh, TREMX.com, one of the country's leading online retailers. Uh, check them out on the web. They'll have anything for you. Free shipping under hundred dollars. And we got a deal tonight, Watson. Do you, do you need a helmet? Uh, I do need. I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I might be single, so I might need some helmets. All right. Okay. Well, if you need the other type of helmets, it's uh, 20% off at TREMX. And uh, that's on a Showy VFXW. So, wow. Uh, top of the line Showy helmet worn by Josh Grant, among others. All colors, all styles. 20% off this week. TRE's uh, giving that out? Yeah, TRE. Man, those guys are killer. I know. Thanks, you guys. You guys are golden. What you have to do to get this deal is you have to do, use uh, the code Pulp Showy P U L P Showy S H O E I, all capital letters, and you will get the twenty percent off discount. So, hell of a deal, I say. I would think so. I mean, where are you going to get a helmet that cheap anywhere? And uh, and for you, those of you not listening live, if you listen to this on iTunes uh, or on the archives on Pulp MX, uh, that deal stands for you too for at least a week or so. Um, so you can check it out. Also, uh, JGR Motors and Suspension. JGR Motors and Suspension, one of the uh, emerging aftermarket companies in the United States. Uh, you know, obviously, you can see the work, their handiwork with Josh, with Josh Grant last year, Justin Brayton, uh, getting fifth in the points this week, uh, securing that at Vegas. And I called that. I called that, by the way. Oh, wait. That was the other guy. <laughs> and, uh, and Michael Byrne. And also, uh, uh, let's not forget, uh, they'll, do, they'll work on anything bes- all, uh, as well as Yamaha's. So check them out, jgrmx.com. And finally, uh, X-Brand. Uh, X-Brand goggles, the result of 25 years of goggle technology. Rich Taylor, the owner, knows what he's doing there. And uh, the goggle of choice of Michael Essie and Josh Strange. Strang. 
among others. Don't forget my friend, the little guy, Timmy Wiegand. Timmy Wiegand runs them as well. That's more, more important. And, uh, and what we're going to do for that for is more important. And I gagged him. I gagged him. That's the most important. Most more that, important. 30% discount uh, for a week on, uh, on X-Brand goggles. And basically, there's been some confusion, Watson, with some people. I talked to Rich today. Been confusion on the code that you need to punch in. Oh, let's get this code right, people. The Come code on. is the letter X, the X. word code 2010. So X, C O D E 2010. People are punching in X 2010, code 2010. It's one word, X code 2010. 30% off um, X Brand goggles. Check them out on thexbrand.com, and that would be the web, World Wide Web. Um, I'm not hey, going to lie, Watson. I'm not going to lie either. The chat room is on fire. There's eight people in it. Is that no, you're, you're in the other room. There's another room that you didn't get in because oh. you got here late. Oh, okay. The other so room. I'm in the overflow. Yes. That's yeah. just like my life story. Anytime I would go to the races when I was a privateer, I couldn't make it in the pits. I had to go to the overflow parking lot. When I would go to concerts, I'd have to park in the overflow. Well, so this is right Shit don't change in my world, bud. Okay, well, what you want to do is throughout the show, while you're – not thinking about what to say and things like that. Just keep trying to get back. Oh into yeah, that main I think room. about it. I I, fall, I, I um, can't even sleep at night because I think about what I want to say. I'd like you to come a little earlier so we could do more pre-show stuff. Dude, I way. have a nine to five job, dude. I run a race team, bud, and I do this. Dude, the season's over. It's over. It just ended this weekend. I'll be here. Right. I'll be here early in two weeks. How about that? All right. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, Watson. Though I, I'm hungover. Like I'm not struggling today. I didn't type at all. Uh, I went out last night to the awards banquet, Supercross awards banquet. Where you were not at. I was not there. And you did. You were wrong in the team manager of the year. I did not win once again. But you thought Jeremy Albrecht was going to win. I thought so because he was going went to, the to cancer. Children's Hospital. He went to the cancer hospital. And I hope he learned something. If you're listening, J-Bone, don't fall for their shit. Be yourself. And if <laughs> don't you go win, visit cancer hospitals. If, dude, I'm not saying don't go visit that, but I'm just saying right. don't fall for all the political bullcrap that you think you're going to do because you want to win. Do it because you want to do it, not because you have to um, do it. Have you been to any of these awards banquets before? Twice. Okay. In this, 15 years. Twice. This, this one wasn't bad. I, I've been to all of them because I'm that type of hanger-on, wannabe-seen guy. And uh, this wasn't bad. It was back at the Hard Rock. Better than Planet Hollywood by, by a mile. What about MGM? Uh, better than MGM, too. Good. Yeah, yeah. How did yeah. the ladies look? How did all the wives look and girlfriends? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As we were talking earlier, me and Big Nasty, the, um, the uh, awards banquet, Supercross awards banquet, is probably the only place where you find... Women in evening gowns uh-huh. that look like they're Princess Diana, and then also uh, guys in, in flat hats and jeans. Watson, what did my wife just do for you? She just made me a sandwich because I was hungry. I didn't get to eat all day. I've been having a so, world of problems all day today. You didn't got, have time to eat. You got here late, and you just my. You think Dude, what more white wait? trash could I eat? I love it. A PB and J with a pickle on it, and a grilled cheese. My, I am my, my wife's a saint, big nasty. What kind of pickle do you, are you using? What else? I'm a, a mandango. Okay, all right. <laughs> what else? Ain't no nothing else to eat. Classic. What of, what's that? What Those do you think of suck. this, uh, Big Nasty? Just coming in here now. He's eating. This is what I put up with, dude. I just like the combo of the PB and J. <laughs> I know, and a grilled and cheese. Then, then a grilled cheese. <laughs> know, right? And I'm gonna mix it up too. I'm gonna eat half PB and J, then I'm gonna go to grilled cheese, and I'm gonna go back. Uh, uh, so the so the banquet, you missed it. Uh, I went out all night. Got home late, early, whatever. Did you go? Did you take your lovely wife with you? My lovely wife had to work today, and then she had to get back early to make you sandwiches. So she she left right after the awards banquet. Can I ask you a question? Yep. Why do you have a carburetor on your counter? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> because we know you don't have nothing to do with it. Why, why is there right. a freaking carbon? You must have cleaned up and did something. I uh, let me let me tell you something. <laughs> I've been doing this for like a month and a half, and this place is the cleanest I've ever seen. Do you want to know why? Do you what's, know? Something's yeah. going on. I'll tell you I'm what happened. Stupid. I'll tell you what happened. I am dumb. If you would have listened to Friday night's show mm-hmm. that I had on, where you weren't here. You called me. I know. But if you would have listened to the archive, which I'm sure you get on right away, um, uh, uh, Don Maeda came here to do a trans. Oh, so your boss came, so you clean your house? No, he did a Cribs video with me. Are they hurting that bad for something they have to do? For content? Yeah. Yeah, wow. So we did a Cribs video, so of course the wife went to town, didn't want to show what it normally looks like. They shoot the dogs? Yeah, they shoot, well, not with the camera, not with a gun, but yeah, they they shot the dogs. Um, Nice, nice. So far, we've not talked about the super cost at all. In you guys watch it on show. TV? That's all you need to know. <laughs> well, that's great for the advertisers. I'm sure they're pumped on that. <laughs> yeah, watch, watch Speed, TiVo it, and, and we don't have to talk about it. We hey, can talk uh, about sandwiches and shit. Yeah, no. Uh, so the Ward's Banquet, it was a good time. I went out all night. I, I only lost 30 bucks. I was up, down, bad. up, down. I lost 30 bucks in the end and uh, had a good time. Uh, Larry Brooks won Team Manager of the Year, our guest later on in the show. No shit. Good so for Larry. We'll talk about right I'm not on. sure exactly... Why he won? Hill's season fell apart quicker than. Um, you know what the bad thing about Larry did? You know, the the, you, know what, you know what the crazy thing about Larry winning the team manager of the year? Mm. He has no one to pat him on the back because he owns the team. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so he yeah. can't even say, "Hey, but I worked yeah. my butt off. Hey, I won team manager." If you manager had of the won, year. though, Hart would have given you a bonus, probably. He would have given me a job next year, probably. Yeah, yeah. That's Hart's bonus. That's <laughs> why we run it over there. Um, keeps employing me. That's uh, all Ryan Dungey won. Uh, no, DeCoster won best decision of the year. How the hell does that happen? For moving him up. Trey Kennard won Rising Star. He had to move star. up. Did he? Did Dungey have to yeah. move up? Okay, well. Uh, Kennard won Rising Star. Good. That's, uh, that makes sense. Um, Tim Dixon, I heard. Tim Dixon, transport truck, driver truck. of the year. Definitely. He kills my driver. My driver sucks compared to T-Bag. All right, fantastic. And, uh, um, yeah, so. I think truck driver of the year should go to a guy like my buddy here. Uh, yeah, Mandingo. Because he drives yeah. and works on a dirt bike. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off a little bit right now. That's an excellent point. And here's what I mean: I'm no longer a mechanic, but it used to piss me off when I was a mechanic. And when I worked for Nick, for example, or Kelly Smith, or Birdwell, or Ferry in '99, I would be drive to the races, change suspension oil, change, put the cases, go grocery shopping. Let clean me ask the you a question: Watson, when you, you know, you when know you change you the oil in the forks. Did you just dump them out and put new no, oil no, in? No, no, no. I take it all apart. You're okay. cool. you yeah. better than me because that's all I used to do. Okay. And I would use a lot of contact cleaner. <laughs> but, and then so what they would do is every year at the award ceremony, like J-Bone would win a snap-on set of tools. It's like, hey, bro, he's got eight boxes of snap-on toolbox. He makes about 100 grand a year. How about hooking up the bro who makes 30 and sleeps in the van? Like, like that's more of a true mechanic. I don't know. It always pissed me off that they would do that. But, I mean, good for those guys, I guess. So Goose won Mechanic of the Year. I think it was just automatically given to the champion or whatever. Wow, that's surprising. Um, Mandingo, did you win anything? I didn't catch that, but... Nope. Did you go? Did you go? I was there. Did you have a good time? That was the first one I went to, and it was better than I thought it was going to be. Let me ask you a question. Who has the hottest wife there? And you can't say Nick's wife either. Or girlfriend. Man, I don't know. I I wasn't really paying attention, I guess. I don't know, like, whose wife is who to... Did you uh-huh. see one that just caught your eye and you were like, wow. But was Demet there? No. No. No, what a letdown because his chick would have smoked them all. Right. My wife's listening downstairs, but Michael Burns' fiance is very nice looking. 
You think so? I do. I, I think she is too. I think she's a really she she's super cute and she has a super cute personality to go. Yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. So she's she makes really cool. Back. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right about and that. And she's not the typical moto chick. You know, oh. she doesn't live in Temecula or Menifee, and you have to have a two digit number or a single digit number to date her. Hey, do we even want to get into your team's performance at Vegas? You, I mean, how, what's bad? Twelve thirty? No, no, no. 30? I know. Do you want to talk about? Like, let's have, have, let's yeah. let our guests when we call him talk about the weekend. Okay, all right. And then can I get into Matt Bonnie and JT? Running into yes, each other after the race, you can, and you can talk about Bonnie spitting in his face if you want. Okay, well, JT took a swing at him. Yep. Um, and anything happened? AMA Gallagher. Yeah. And Come on, what are they going to do? I don't know. It's just been going on all year, man. And these I guys, know. I think they just need to go fight. <laughs> I told, I told him, why don't you go find him right now and go fight and just beat he, the shit out of each other? Uh, yeah, JT seems to want to fight, but he's going to get stomped down by Bonnie. I think. I mean, no offense, Bonnie uh, did, is twice. Did you his see size. what happened? He's a big dude. Right. Right. Uh, Bonnie hit him so hard he bent his clutch lever down. Okay. Biden's, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's <laughs> that's cool. all I saw. Okay. 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 Well, so what are you doing? I'm, well, I'm, come on, w- talk to me. I'm waiting on you to tell me. Did you? Yeah. Well, do you have any more information on it? No, it's, it's all bullshit hearsay. Let, let them go fight. Fight to the end, man. Did you see them? Um, I didn't see it, but did you see them? I didn't. Okay, I didn't yeah, see that would have been funny because I guess. JT did a donut and was chasing him. Oh god! And then they were they stopped and then he was swinging. It was funny when I got back to the truck. I was Bonnie was on getting you know took his helmet off and mm-hmm. was standing there and I walked back and I'm all hey JT's at the back of the truck he wants to talk to you and Bonnie ran to the back and nothing was <laughs> and there. Nothing was there. <laughs> <laughs> nice, good one. Huh. Fell for the oldest trick in the book. Next you're gonna get him to hold the football and you're gonna yank it away <laughs> like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it's all bullshit. Right, I mean, right. They're, they're, it's it's a it's a thing going on with I think with that old team and Bonnie and I don't know. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. You oh. know, I, I I had a little animosity towards the Butler brothers, but I put that away and I, I've been trying to be cordial and talk to Forrest and I, let uh, it go. I mean, we're all we're we're there every weekend doing the same exact job. Yeah, there's no reason to be like that. I hang out at Butler Brothers, you mm-hmm. know, and I hang out with you guys, and I can honestly say, no one talks crap on you. Like they're not like they don't like fuck. F Kenny Watson or nothing like that, you know. And for everyone to know, Mathis did say the F word before. I, that. I did. I try not to though. He threw the we're, F bomb. We're trying to run a PG it's show. It's just here. not me. Uh, you know. But anyway, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, but I guess yeah, Gallagher, FIM felt it's like F it. It's the last round. We don't care. Go chase each other in the field, right? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Um, hey, I w- you would have liked this at the awards banquet. Your buddy Dano from DVS. What do you dress up as? Like a. Ah. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. Dude, dude, dude. Let, hey. Listen, he was a little tipsy. He was hey, a little hey. tipsy. You know what, dude? Don't even bring it up. Don't even talk about it. This DVS tennis shoes is an awesome tennis shoe, but the guy that works for him isn't. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> okay. I don't even want to say the guy's name. He doesn't even deserve it. I wanted you to... Uh, all right, we'll just move on from that. It was... Uh, did you see him? You probably don't know who he is, really, but uh, it was classic. He's probably the biggest kook in the place. Uh, it wasn't far off. Yeah. Do you want to bring Hard on? Yeah, give him a call. Right now, ready. Is, is he ready? Yeah, let's okay. give him a call. Here's the part where you talk, Kenny, while I die. I'm eating. <laughs> I'm having a sandwich. Big nasty talk. Mandingopickles.com. <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> All right, let's dial up Kerry Hart here. Uh, owner of the Rockstar Hunt team. Does he have time to take phone calls? We'll find out. We got to get Holly on too, though. So. Let's find out. If he picks up the phone, he picks it up. Man, the guy's busy. He is. He is a busy guy. Quite possibly one of the busier people in the pits, Supercross pits. He might not because he doesn't know the number. Didn't you tell him? Wasn't this all prearranged, Watson? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Welcome to our show, Big Nasty. <laughs> Please leave your message for three one. Oh, I don't want to. I want to cut cut that off before anybody calls him <laughs> up. But uh, all right, we're going to try to get a hold of Kerry Hart here and get him on the line and figure out what he talks about. Figure out what he thinks about his year. Think what he talks. What he thinks about Watson. I'm going to ask him, Watson, to grade you on an A to Z scale. That's fine. Okay. And uh, also, I never got an A in anything in my whole life, so I don't expect it now. And we'll find out too uh, what's going on for 2011 with you guys. As much as you can talk about, maybe you can elaborate a little bit. And uh, kind of want to get his feeling on Supercross itself, and maybe something that he would change about Supercross if he could. You know, uh, and I mean anything, rules, structures, uh, anything like that. What do you think of uh, Jake Weimer's ride last night, Big Nasty? It wasn't was last solid. night. It was the other night. Uh, Saturday night. I'd say he was pretty flawless. I mean, that was one hell uh-huh. of a deal going on behind him, and he yeah. did his own thing, so that was cool. And he rode good. Wilson got a little tired, it looked like. Too bad for Dino. Yeah, he, dude, I was, I mean, dude, he, he ran up there, ran the pace, <laughs> and it was all good, man. It was all good. I was super, super pumped for, uh, for Mitch, man. Those guys, yeah. I mean, dude, they've had some terrible, terrible luck PC there the yeah. whole time. And uh, yep. it seems like he, uh, they finally put it behind him, and they were killing it. I mean, dude, for for someone to go one, two, three, four in the East-West shootout, I think if Hanson was riding the Outdoor Nationals, I think they got Rattray in there. They're going to be gnarly outside. Reminds me of summer cross when Chaparral we went, we went one, two with Ferry and McGrath. Yeah, but you only missed two other riders. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, and Hanny, dude, Josh rode awesome, man. He I did. think he really needed that for himself. You know. We're gonna try to call Carrie Harder again. Apparently, uh, Watson has arranged this again. You know what happens when you gotta deal super, deal with superstars. You know, like, yeah, you're, he might you're, be on another call right you're now. You're in the you presence know. of him the whole time. You never know. He's my best friend, though. He's your best friend? No. Please leave your message. What happened to Ivan Tedesco? He got put on the back burner this week. Uh, hey, did you? Oh, Hot Sauce had a funny thing at the banquet. He got up for the second privateer award. Yeah. And he said that him and uh, Tommy Hahn had a deal. He offered Tommy Hahn a deal. Tommy Hahn needed to get 8th or better, or 10th or better, 12th uh, or better, to pass Tedesco. And uh, he might be calling right now. Huh? Is that him calling, maybe? Probably. All right, I'll tell about Ivan Tedesco's story later. Yeah. Paul Max show, you're on the air. Who's this? This is Kerry. I missed my call in. Hey, Hart. Sorry about that, bud. Um, Watson. Uh, tighten it up. Yeah, tighten it up, bud. Hey, you're uh, you're live on the air. This is Steve Mathis. I'm with uh, Mandingo Pickles, CEO, and, of course, a guy you know well, Kenny Watson. Thank you for coming on the show. All good, dude. No problem. So let's uh, let's talk about it. What uh, thoughts on the season? It's over. What uh, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I thought it was a good year. I mean, you know, we, we had our ups and downs, you know. I mean, just like any motocross program does. I mean, you know, you can't really control injuries and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, I think for the most part that, you know, Kenny and and Gieber and Baluti did a great job of getting the guys to the races and giving them all the tools they needed to. And, and you know, the guys really stepped up and performed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you had to have been happy. I think, like, obviously Bonnie had some injury problems. and But I wasn't so sure Blos would do that as well as he did, you know. I thought he yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think, you know, this being Bliss's, you know, first year, you know, on the big bikes, like a solid year, I mean, I think he did great, you right. know, I mean, he he came to town and worked hard and, you know, put it, put it, did the homework and put in all of his hours, and, I mean, hey, he got, you know, he's riding that top 10 bubble, and, I mean, I was happy, you know, I mean, I, I definitely know Bonnie had a tough season, you know, he tweaked his knee pretty good early in the season, and he's actually going in for surgery today for it, mm-hmm. but, uh, 
you know, he sucked it up and, and did the best he could and got through the season. I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, we've, I mean, especially I, I can speak from this side, you know, it's, you can't control injuries and you can't control getting hurt, you know, and all you can do is just try to kind of rise above it and go out and put down your best rides. Yeah, you seem like a guy like, uh, you know, you're a former, former racer, so you know what the deal. Um, but what's it like as an owner to sit there and, and, and watch guys maybe not perform as well as you'd want them to or hope them to? Like, what's it, is it, are you, what kind of owner are you? Are, the guy you th- are you throwing chairs? Are you yelling back in the truck? I don't think you are, but what kind of owner are you? I mean, the thing is, like, I, I can, I, I've, I've been on both sides of the fence, so I can relate to what the riders are going through, you know what I mean, and, and Kenny can back this up. I mean, I, I've always sat down with our guys, and I said, listen, if you guys are putting in the work during the week, you know, I, I've been this way since day one, if you guys are putting in the work during the week, you're doing your homework, you're training, you're testing, you're practicing, you know, I mean, that, that's all you can do, you know, like, I mean, everybody wants to go in on Saturday night and win and do their best, and you know, and at the end of the day, I mean, you can only do what you can do, and, you know, and it, it'd be a different situation, had, you know, guys not been doing the time during the week and not working hard, not buckling down and training. But, I mean, these guys did just that. So, I mean, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. And, you know, no, I'm not that type of guy. I mean, hey, if the guys were slacking during the week, yeah, I'd be the first one back in the truck raising hell, you know, you know, make, making us think about it. But, you know, you know, all my guys have always worked really hard and trained really hard, you know, and that's why we keep our race program based out of Vegas. We can keep an eye on them and make know that they're going to the gym and know that they're going to the test track. You know, they're not just – calling in from Florida or calling in from Arizona saying, yeah, I'm doing my homework. Uh, yeah. I'll see at the races. You know I mean? That's why we set our program up the way we do. That way we can kind of micromanage them a bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know what I mean? Like I said, I mean, hey, it's, at the end of the day, everybody wants to show up and win. And, you know, the, re- the reality of that is only one person wins every weekend. You know, so, you know, yeah, I can always tell you that, you know I mean? And, and no one's harder on a racer than a racer themselves. Yeah. You know, and to have to have a third party come in and hammering on them and yelling, screaming, and all the rest of it, I mean, that doesn't do any, anything positive or good. It just yeah. turns them into more of a head case and be more worried about the next race coming around and be more concerned about keeping their job as opposed to just going out and doing what they have to do. Yeah, I know you're absolutely right. A couple of things that I think are really cool about you guys and your team are a few things. For one, the pit presence is awesome. I mean, you guys are killing it on that, and Feld is really embracing you guys. I mean, they're right there with you. And years ago, as we all know in this room, that wouldn't have been the case. So it's cool to see that come around. Um, also, I like the fact that you let Sheriff ride uh, the last little while. That's cool. Like, just come on, bring your bike. He doesn't need to be a Honda. Um, you know what I mean? Just join the team, do the best you can. I think that. Uh, that's kind of cool. That speaks some volumes for your program. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, you know, I said, Kenny can back this up. But, you know, when we got into Supercross, I mean, it's only realistic to, you know, it's unrealistic if you think you're going to show up and win. All right. So it was only realistic to know, like, you know, these last couple of years going into racing. Okay. You know, we got some really solid riders and, you know, let, let's set realistic goals. You know, consistently make mains and shoot for that top privateer award, you know, and that's what we did last year, and that's what we achieved, and, you know, so with that said, it's like, okay, we have to create a, a way to, to not only build a fan base, but maintain a fan base, and how is that, and that's to let these kids and adults alike walk away feeling like they were involved with something, you know, they come through our truck, you know, we would do the rock star, you know, rock star pong last year, and this year, you know, we're just being very interactive with the crowd, and, and that's and that's how you establish and create a fan base without having, you know, the, the, the results to back it up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I think that's a crucial part of a, of a building process, you know, because, you know, there's only two ways to succeed in motocross, and that's to create a fan base, or let's go out and win races, you know. And, and you know, I'm going to be honest, you know, we, we haven't had the financial means to, you know, to go out and win races. I mean, it takes money, you know, to go a, a, 
establish that that talent for your staff, and you know, and also the parts that go along with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think you know we set realistic goals, and yeah, you know, we we try to keep it fun and interactive, and you know, have cool looking bikes for people to come by and look at. And you know, I'm always out there hustling autographs, and the riders are, and the riders are always out there talking with all the fans, and and vice versa. So, I mean, it, it's always a, a building process, and that's what we've kind of built on these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then now 2011. I mean, we've already been working very hard on 2011, and now it's time to kind of step up to that level of where all right let's let's just you know let's lock down some guys that can uh you know they can get on the box and they can be consistent top five and, and be, start being a threat on the track yeah and also uh, earlier on in the shows i know you're a diehard listener of all these shows to try to glean all the nuggets that watson has each and every week but we we've, we've touched on uh you know blows had some issues with yeah, some speaking thi- of blows okay. i don't want to shut you cut you off Steve, okay all right but today we just got the call from christopher blows uh-huh um mid-season i would say right before Jacksonville, right around there, we, we came up with a new setting. We we're doing some testing, and Chris had a little spill at the track. Complained about his wrist a little bit, and he dealt with it, did his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, road had a little pain. Well, this weekend, you know, they had that long straightaway coming in, and there was that big single yeah, to the single. flat. After the first practice, he was really complaining about his wrist. So he went and got it checked. Um, they really couldn't give him an answer. Well, he got the call uh, this morning, broken navicular for the last six races he rode with. Really? Yeah. Ooh. So that just shows you right yeah. there that the heart that Chris Bose has. He twisted his ankle where most guys would have put it up and sat on the couch for two weeks. Yeah. He stuck it out. That kid has a lot of heart, and that's what we asked for from the kid. And he is, his goal was to make it to every race. Yeah, and uh, and you could see him limping bad from that ankle. It yeah. wasn't uh, it wasn't nothing, uh, you know, minor. I mean, Kerry, Kerry was there when he did it, and Hart was one of the first guys to say, hey, dude, if you don't feeling up to it, you don't have to ride. Right. And he said, "Well, I'm not here to watch." <laughs> no, I mean definitely. I mean, you know, I mean, as a, as a rider, you got to listen to your body. You know, what I mean, and at the end of the day, I mean, uh, I, I've learned this firsthand. It's like, you know, I mean, it, it's one thing is sucking up and get through an injuries and riding, but you know, and, and at the same time too, sometimes those injuries can take you completely out and, and and get you hurt worse. You know, I learned that the the year I tried that flip over at uh, in Philly. You know, I went in with a busted shoulder and I knew I shouldn't have been riding. And I kind of fed into the pressure and I went out and imploded even worse and shattered my foot and ankle and all kinds of other stuff, you know? So, I mean, right. you know, these guys always want to go out and give their best. And the last thing they do want to do is sit from the sidelines and watch, but you know, sometimes you have to listen to your body. But I mean, with that said that, like you said, Kenny, I mean, you know, Blos has just so much heart, man. I mean, he's just a little fire plug, man. He's just a stocky little kid and he'll ride through pretty much anything, you know, and the kid has got so much heart. Um, and then you touched on a little bit on 2011. Now, um, I've been around the pits a little bit, hearing some rumors, saw you talking to some big wigs, different teams. Are you stepping it up big in 2011? Do you know yet? I mean, is things still going? How's that? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the plan. I mean, right, you know, I've I've been working uh, along with Steve Aston, my manager, who represents the team and myself. You know, we've been... You know, we've been working on 2011 for a couple of months now. You know, I mean, I want to get way ahead of the curve. And, you know, it's we, we, we got over a three-year hump, you know, which is usually hard to do. I mean, this was our third season of Supercross. And, mm-hmm. you know, and now going into season four, we really want to make a splash, you know. And I've been working really hard, and everything goes as planned. Don't want to don't wanna, uh, rock the boat, but I got a uh, couple pretty solid irons in the fire with some outside uh, corporate companies that are going to come in and really mm-hmm. – kind of elevate our team to where we can uh, you know we can team up with a factory program and become uh, a self-sustained factory program to go out and you know help like I said hopefully start winning some races or at least start getting on the box sweet yeah that'd, that'd be cool for sure um let me let me ask you this on a on a on an a to z scale grade kenny watson's performance this year 
Uh, Z being good or Z being bad? Z being the worst, just like school. <laughs> <laughs> no, Watson's top notch. You know, what I mean, like the one thing I have to say about him. I mean, and we, we've been working really closely over these last few years. Um, you know, it's you know, it, it's funny to kind of look at the any industry really. I mean, it's not just motocross. I mean, you, you go into any industry where you know things have been done a certain way for you know the, the history of it. You know, people are kind of set in their ways and they think you know this is the right direction. This is how we have to do it. And um, when we when we came into this, and I'm you know I'm sure you've heard Kenny say this before. I mean, I came into this a, as a business. You know, meaning mm-hmm. you know that this isn't just going to be ran from the hip and here's a credit card and here's your riders and here's your semi go out and go race and let's figure out where we're at the end of the year. But it's yeah. very I mean it's it's P and L's and it's 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 you know, it's all that kind of fun stuff mm-hmm. and, and running as a business. And it was a huge learning curve for Kenny, you know, I mean, having to, to, to follow, you know, a, a spreadsheet of, you know, you know, plus and minuses and what he can spend and what he can't spend. And, you know, and, and he's really taken it really well. You know, I mean, he's been able to, you know, learn the, uh, the, the fast track of, of business 101, you right. know, and, and to be able to, you know, string dollars along and, and go out and shop for the best prices on flights and hotels. And I mean, and I know it sounds kind of monotonous, but I mean, that those are the things that, you know, that make people able to go out and, and race and continue right. racing. Because I mean, I, I know we can all, you know, pull up a, a horror story about a team that came in hot and overspent and they were gone a year later. Uh, you know, and, up, and this, can, this is yeah, a business. We can pull up about 50 horror stories. You know. Exactly. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, and, and, and that's the thing, you know, and, and Kenny, like I said, in a really short amount of time, you know, he he's learned. I mean, he takes it in, and he knows how to take the tools and go out and and you know and run after the series. And uh, I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, I mean, I think Kenny was top notch in these last few years, and I mean, really even this year, you know, and even each year he learns more and more. And you know, like I feel completely comfortable with you know having Kenny run this program as as long as we're out racing. Wow, Watson, looks wow, like you might have Mark. a job next year. Dude, hey. Dude, someone gave me some Kleenex. That's the nicest thing you've ever said. But about we me. did. We, hey, we didn't get hey, don't a great. Don't get too comfortable, buddy. I, I believe me, I won't. We, we come did. a long ways from the podcast when you were yelling at me about the flat tire. Do you remember that? Oh, that was good. Oh uh, yeah, that was one of my oh, favorite. Oh, believe ones. me, I, I still do some yelling. I, I, uh-huh. I have to say, there was one time uh, this year where you know, obviously, I always fall third, fourth, fifth. It's, it's the race team, but Kenny was in a Supercross, and I had just gotten out to California and. Just finally got my outdoor bike built, and I mean, and my, I mean, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but my time is just so limited. I mean, if, if I can free up three hours to go riding, I want right. to maximize it. Mm-hmm. So I load up my stuff, and it's like Saturday morning. I, I head out to the local track, and dude, I jump on my, and I, I always ask him, like, all right, my bike's dialed, right? You know, everything's done. Right. I don't have to worry about wheels falling off, no crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, sure enough, I get off the track, and I'm out there riding with double throttles. And I just snapped. So Kenny's trying at the Supercross, trying to deal with everything, and I'm on the phone, you know, screaming up and down at him about how I'm out the track, and I got double throttles, and I can't ride my bike, and I got Supercross <laughs> gearing on my outdoor bike, and so, um, yeah, so he, he he got a good shoe out on that one. Yeah, yeah. So you you didn't give us a grade though, Hart. We need a grade because it's very important <laughs> for the listeners of the show. I told I told him I've never got an A in my life. I don't expect to get one now because I was not perfect. Give us uh, I mean, uh, uh, no, no one could be perfect, you know. What I mean, like, right. so I think at the end of the day, I mean, we always we have our learning curves, and we, you know, we figure things out as we go sometimes, and that's that's a big part of it. But I think all in all, Kenny does a really solid job, and I mean, I, I think even you know our sponsors can speak for that. You know, even though he always walks around the pits with his ass hanging out and his pants around his ankles and <laughs> looking like a knucklehead, I mean, you know, aside from that, he does a really good job. Uh, I'm gonna give it a B then. Hart's not gonna say. It. I'm gonna say you got a B. Ted, you don't know. Maybe you got an A last year when Bonnie was Privateer of the Year. No, that was lucky. Um, 
Uh, and then also too, yeah. Uh, if, if if things don't work out with the race team, maybe he can become a full time internet radio personality like Ellis, because he's gold. <laughs> he's gold on these shows, and he doesn't like he's not gold on purpose. He's gold just because he's Kenny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, it is still paid up, you know. So you, you yeah. definitely got to make sure you got your thumb down on hey, him and check up on him all the time. Like, I got a nice big dry erase board in his office, so I can write down and I always make him. You're making notes, right? You're making notes. <laughs> yep, yep, making notes. Yeah. Hey, Hart. Before we let you go, I just want you to tell the story real quick. Back in the day when you raced, how the chicks wouldn't give you the time of day when you were the three digit, and then when we got the race team. There was a couple of girls that are married to guys now that would walk by and what you told those girls. <laughs> no, it was funny. I mean, you know, growing up in Southern California, yeah, you know, me. back when I was heavy racing, back before there was freestyle and all that stuff, right. you know, it was all about, you know, the guys with the lowest number always got the hot girls. And, uh, you know, and, and it's funny, like, you know, there's, you know, there's certain people still around the industry, and I always joke with them, like, look, look what triple digit would have got you. Look, look at triple digit, you know, you know. Um, that's my guy dude. one uh, one last question i always like to ask this whenever i talk to you um what's going on in your life what are you doing like tomorrow or the next week like what's on your schedule because uh, you're our one busy guy so what's going on uh i mean it's hectic i mean uh, honestly I'm, I'm still down at the office i mean it's what almost seven o'clock and i haven't left yet so uh-huh. uh this is my one day in the office today tomorrow i'm actually uh testing my racetrack uh, so i'll be out testing all day tomorrow okay. and then uh off to California, I, I got about 10 days of stuff in, two and a half months of work before I head to Europe to go uh, back out and do another tour with my wife. So, a oh, okay. lot going on, you know, I mean, it's just yeah. that time of year, it's just I'm trying to run, you know, three, four businesses and, you know, kind of maintain. So, I mean, the one nice thing is that now the Supercross is a wrap, I can kind of put the day-to-day behind me for the next, you know, three or four months until we're back up and running. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just constantly an evolving, moving piece, you know, it's either yeah. the nightclub, the clothing business. You know, trying to ride. I mean, I'm, I'm actually really just trying to focus on being an athlete for a while. You know, I got I got a lot of new sponsors this year, and we're we're doing a lot of stuff with H and H with different companies like Smith and One Industries. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just got to try to kind of perform and and get the product on myself and get out and shoot photos and stay proactive. It's yeah, hard. Right. It's a really hard juggle. Yeah, I bet. And you forgot the tattoo shop in there too when you're naming all those things off. So, <laughs> look, you you, yeah. you lost track. <laughs> yeah, actually, I gotta find a. Uh, you know, we're opening a new shop in Niagara Falls, uh, which actually opens uh, oh. in two weeks. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on, man. A lot of moving pieces, and just yeah. trying to uh, keep them all on the level, and just keep my head down and work hard. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show, and thank you for letting Watson do this. Uh, because you know, all I, good. I know he probably all good. Watson needs a place to, vo- you know, have a voice and. It's actually, he does a lot, I think he does a lot better on radio, because I was listening to a TV interview a couple days ago, and he had a miss, because every, uh, every uh, other word, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> sound like his, sound like his jetting was a little off. Um, no, yeah, he's, uh, he's good on here, um, you never really would realize it, but he's actually, yeah, he's pretty good, and, and people are, he's saying, people, the races are coming up to him, and, you know, talking to him about the show and stuff, so it's catching on, it's catching on. Hey, Kenny, why don't you tell him about the picture you have on your home screen of your computer? It's right in front of me right now, dude. I took my computer so I can read the message board. I'll let these guys look at it. Thanks a lot, guy. <laughs> I didn't see it. I yeah, that would be a good conversation piece for the next few minutes. All right. Well, yeah, we will. Hey, Hart, thank you for again for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule, man. Really appreciate hey, it. Anytime. And uh, actually, I'd just like to take this chance to thank you know Rockstar and I mean just the, the all the list of sponsors that you know that make it possible for. 
Kenny to go out there and have a job and, you know, to, to keep, to keep, keep races on the payroll and, you know, keep contributing to the, the amazing world of uh, motocross racing. You know I mean? Without those guys, we couldn't do it. And, you know, keep, keep an eye out for big things with Hart Huntington racing next year. Cause, uh, we're trying, we're trying to step it up and go bigger and better. Right on. Cool. Thanks Hart. All right. You guys take it easy. See ya. Uh, Kerry Hart, man, uh, hasn't changed since I know the dude. I met him in 97, me and Fernet, and him hung out. That was like, a three-digit guy that couldn't pull yeah, the chicks if uh, he had to. I don't know baggy pants, but I think LBZs. No. No, 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 no. no don't tell it? Hart. He never oh. wore LBZs. What was it? Flesh gear. Flesh gear. Um, he borrowed my phone card at Minneapolis to call his dad when he f- made his first ever 250 main. He was like, yep. dude, I got to call my dad. I got to call my dad. And dude, I, Tom Hart, Kerry's dad, and him, they've been doing the whole race thing. You know when Kerry, when you said, "Hey, throw in chairs," he gets that yeah. that mentality from his dad. His dad is a big supporter, yeah. you know, through his whole career. And uh, I think Kerry's learned that work ethic through his father. I yeah. mean, Tom Hart's one of those guys get up at four o'clock in the morning, do his paperwork. He's an asphalt contractor. Yeah, I mean, dude, he started shoveling asphalt. Kerry, I think that's why Kerry is doing what he does because he knows about hard work. He did yeah. that in the summer times when he didn't race outdoor nationals. He just raced Supercross. He, he shoveled worked. asphalt. Yeah, he shoveled asphalt and made money all summer to go race. Uh, and I was, I, as I was saying, the guy hasn't changed. He was a cool guy back then, living in his van. He has. He's the same dude now, probably making butt loads of money, and, and uh, he's the same dudes, like same guy. You know what? Famous guy, anyways. Let's put it this way: everyone thinks that Hart has all this money and all this fame and fortune. And I he do. doesn't have to do much. But let me tell you something. Dude, it works his butt off. Every dime that he's been making in the last few years is putting right back into his businesses. So he's not sitting with stacks and stacks of money just letting it flow in. The guy works and puts his money back into his businesses. End of story. But you know what? That's what makes the world go around. You know, he didn't have to sit here and say, oh, yeah, I want to thank everyone, blah, blah, blah. But that's the way Hart is. Hart is passion for the sport. He's giving it. He doesn't have to have a race team. He doesn't make money off of it. You know what? He does it because he wants to employ people and he wants to give back to the sport what's given him. Hello. Jim Hollywood Holly. What's happening, K-Dub? This is is Mathis. Yeah, Moat. That would be K-Dub. Hey, Moat. Uh, What's going on, Kenny? Hey, let me get to. Uh, I just had my uh, the portable phone with me. Get to okay. the regular one. Uh, you down. just wake up from an app. Or you're what? you're uh, you're live on the air right now, Hollywood. I just want to make sure you know that, so in case you. Uh, right on. Well, that's okay. I just had to make sure I changed phones. I didn't want uh, you know to uh, be walking around in the back, and uh-huh. all of a sudden I lost connection. So How the horses? The horses in the back. Line. Horses. <laughs> yep, I was back there with the horses. Time to feed them. Got they got to eat. That a boy. Uh, Hollywood. He's got so much going on. Oh, dude, you don't even know about this guy. Let's get into it. I know. Hey, hey, Jim, uh, uh, season's over. The, the Las Vegas Supercross concluded. Banquet was last night. I was telling Watson about it. What's your thoughts on the uh, on the season, man? It, 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 we couldn't have dreamt up the way it went, huh? Well, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I got to say hallelujah. You know, I don't have uh-huh. to go through any uh, TSA screenings anymore. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> no, I, you know, I think it was a great season all in all. You know, I mean, uh, it could have been, uh, you know, uh, disastrous as far as, uh, you know, the way the economy is. The crowds were really up. Uh, and, and um, you know, with the injuries we had, the racing was still great. I mean, I think a lot of people in the, the business thought that, you know, if we lost Stewart. We lost the Lapoto, uh, you know, at that championship run. I mean, it was going down to Vegas for sure. But, um, you know, I think everybody stepped it up once Chad Reed and um, James Stewart were out of it. I'm pumped you didn't get hurt, dude, because it wouldn't be the same without you, Moat. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pumped that Billy Payne didn't get hurt. Billy yeah. crashed uh, that last, uh, 
in that practice in Vegas there, but he's he's okay. So Did you see him go down, thing. Jimmy? I didn't. I know it was just right before that uh, the the finish line jump. They were coming out of the left hander and doing that triple there. But um, he said he wheel spun a little bit and uh, dropped the front end down and just uh, went over the bars. Same exact thing that uh, Troy Adams had did uh, earlier, and yeah, Troy didn't end spun. up riding also. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough break for Billy, and uh, hit stop there, Watson. There you go. And uh, I was uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a scary crash because he wasn't moving for a while. But uh, looks like he's all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's um, a testament to, uh, you know, the Asterix Mobile Medical Unit. I mean, those guys are on him right away. And, um, you know, uh, hurt his neck. It was the side of his neck. Uh, it wasn't the back of it, which was a good thing. But they, uh, you know, uh, Dr. John Bogner, he's a good guy. You know, you go down there and you can, uh, you know, he's not going to tell you everything, but he's going to say that, you know, he was transported and, um, you know, just for uh, further precautions to make sure everything is all right. But uh, he was back later on watching the main events. Uh, yeah. Um, what about your What about your season? How was it in the booth? Uh, you know, obviously, you and Wygant are a great team now. You've been doing it for a while. Um, good season for you up there. Oh, I think it was great. Uh, you know, I think the racing, like I said, uh, you know, there was a lot of action. I mean, especially uh, you know those first couple rounds when Stewart, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, Reed, you know, going down. Then they had that problem in um, you know Phoenix, and the, the drama afterwards, where James ran out there and pushed his bike over, and then uh, you know John Gallagher had to make a ruling, then had to take it back. I mean, mm-hmm. there's always drama in Supercross, that's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Hey, I'm interested in getting your take, um, Jim. And I don't know how much you know about it or not, but after St. Louis, after the riders got hurt and there were some track issues, they've been vocal about getting a safety committee going. Uh, GL Reed. You know, even Stewart's been talking about a little bit as a former factory rider and, you know, one of the stars of the 80s. What's your take on that, on them getting together and having a voice? I, I think those guys should have raced in the 80s on the bikes that we had to race in, the tracks we had to race, <laughs> and then they'll appreciate what they have. You sound like rollerball, dude. Kid, kidding aside, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, I mean, safety is a big thing. I mean, uh, you, you know, the bottom line that, you know, anybody at the AMA or the FIM or Feld Motorsports or anything, last thing they want to do is see uh, somebody get hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I believe that truly. I mean, uh, because of the fact that, I mean, Ryan Villapoto got hurt and he was battling for the championship, and right there that night, that championship was handed over to Ryan Dungey. Not that Dungey didn't earn it. I mean, Dungey put himself in a great position to win that championship this year. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, um, it, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, the track's for everybody. I mean, it, it's not, it, it's not uh, you know, it's not designed uh, for just the factory guys or the privateer guys. And I think that, uh, y- you know, uh, there was a problem with that track. Um, and, and I don't think that, that the, the distance or any of that thing was, was the problem. What the problem was is that there was ruts developing. And uh, also they were getting down to the contract. So guys had to switch their lines and move over into different ruts. They didn't know how deep they were. And if anybody's ridden a supercross track and, and, and dealt with ruts, um, they know what I'm talking about as far as if you get into one too deep, it grabs the, the bottom of the motor, it grabs your foot pegs and just kind of sends you, you know, you you're, you're drop right. your front end and your rear end and you're coming over. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the ruts were a problem. But, you know, 
I mean, I, I mean, look at some of those tracks that the, the Dirt Works guys and Feld Motorsports uh, did to get them uh, race ready. And I'm talking about those rain ones. I mean, when everybody mm-hmm. thought that they're going to come to the stadium, it's going to be a big mud bath, and uh, you know they did a good job. But you know, hey, if it's going to better the sport and, and the guys want to get together and have a safety committee, I, I don't think it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I think it's uh, you know that's the, the next step on the ladder to uh, make Supercross uh, better if that's what. But but they have to do it in a regular way. Um, you, you know, they have to do it in the right way, what right. I'm talking about. And, you know, not, not, not calling up people, and I'm not calling anybody out or anything, but, yeah. you know, you got to remember that this sport's going to be on, uh, going on, uh, you know, well after somebody retires from it. And, and, and I'm talking about with, with myself, when I retired, you know, I want to try to give back something to the sport, and that's why I do the broadcasting, because I enjoy it. But, you know, if you're going to leave the sport and you're going to retire in a year or two, I mean, you know, you really shouldn't, uh, you know, be that vocal. I mean, there's other ways right. of going about it. And uh, I think they're going in the right direction now with, uh, like you said, they're, they're trying to get some guys uh, that, that have knowledge and that are racing. I mean, believe me, I wouldn't want to be on that committee because I have no knowledge of racing a four-stroke on a supercross track. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, things that you can do on a two-stroke versus a four-stroke are completely different. So, yeah, I mean, by all means. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, don't exclude out the privateers. I mean, get some of those privateers on that committee because those are the guys that don't don't have that good factory suspension and, and the backing and the practice tracks the factory guys have to uh, mm-hmm. practice on also. And we see what happened in Toronto without the privateers. Uh, there's not much racing going on. Yeah. No, you, you, I mean, that, that, I've always said it. I've always been in that, uh, Kenny, a, a big believer in that uh, you need those privateer guys. I mean, if you, if you make it one-sided for the, uh, the factory guys, uh, you know, not everybody's going to come watch, uh, you know, 10 factory guys go around the track. You need those privateers. Uh, you need the people in the stands, uh, the hopefuls that, you know, a privateer is going to win one. I mean, you know, they, they've had it. I mean, uh, Ricky Ryan in 87, Daytona, you know, he was a true privateer. Um, he came away with a win. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, you you need the privateers. I would like, uh, you know, I would like the failed uh, motorsports people um, to maybe even give the privateers a little bit longer practice sessions than the factory guys to, to maybe even out the playing field. Because those idea. are the guys yeah. that need the more track time. It's the privateer guys, not the factory guys. They can, they can figure out that track the first practice, and we've seen that happen in, in uh, Seattle in uh, Salt Lake City when they only run one practice. I mean, I, I did a lot of interviews with a lot of the top riders, and they're okay with one practice. Well, if you're all right with one practice, then, you know, have one practice and give the privateer guys two practices because they need it. But right. then on the other flip side of that, somebody's going to say, well, their privateer guys aren't in the shape and they're going to be tired. And look at them. They're sitting over there. They're, they're, they're drinking waters. They're talking to their mechanics. They're resting a couple laps. And I've seen it happen myself. You know, I'm watching uh, practice. I see the guys over there and they're talking. And, mm-hmm. well, man, they're, they're, they're talking. They should be out there riding. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Biggest surprise for you this year, Holly, in, in, in all the classes, 250, both coasts, and 450. Is there one rider that stepped it up that, uh, that you didn't expect or you just had no idea he was that good or bad, for that matter? Well, I'd, I'd have to say, uh, um, well, that comes off the top of my head uh, uh, from uh, Saturday night's race was uh, Kyle Cunningham. Yeah. I mean, that fourth place that Kyle, uh, he, he did, it was a great ride that Kyle Cunningham put on. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, filling in for Ivan Tedesco, um, you know, and, and this was basically his third ride on a 450, and he comes away with the fourth, and, uh, you know, he, he flat put it to the Millsaps and short, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and those guys are factory guys. Well, uh, but, Jimmy, but, yep. you pretty much said it. He put it to Millsaps and short. Well, Millsaps shorts were down 
around his knees. So I guess he did put it, you know. What, yeah. what, did, what did you think about that with Millsaps riding around with his butt hanging out? That was awesome. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I mean, it's better than him pulling off. I mean, you know, right. I mean, I'm sure most people would have maybe thought that he was going to pull off. But, you know, hey, you got to keep out there. Hey, you know, Millsaps is fighting for a job. I mean, it's no secret that, uh, you know, he's at the end of his contract. And, you know, with that uh, elbow injury that he had, I guarantee you if he would have had a, a second year, he probably wouldn't have rode a couple supercrosses after that. He knows yeah. how important it is to stay out there, and he knows how important it was to finish in the top three in the points like he did. So, I mean, to for have him uh, pull off like that, uh, he, you know, if his pants were hanging out or his ass was hanging out, I mean, uh, he wouldn't have got third because uh, Villapoto, right. he just barely beat out Villapoto for that uh, final uh, podium spot in the championship. Yeah, he did, and there was a fine speech at the banquet, too, that he gave. Jesus, Jim, what was he thinking? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know about that. You know, I, <laughs> I, I look at it, and a lot of the, you know, you, you got to remember that Davey's a, a young kid, you know. I mean, uh-huh. a lot of people are comparing him to... Uh, you know, Kevin Windham. Well, Kevin Windham's 32 years old. He's been around the game. He knows the business. Uh, you know, 16 years in the business where right. Davey's only been in a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know the Honda, the Honda brass probably were a little bit upset at that or whatever. But, uh, yeah. you know, is, I think Davey's got a little growing up to do. And, and it's no disrespect to Davey or anything for the people listening in, the Davey Millsaps fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of Davey Millsaps. I mean, I, I enjoy watching the guy ride. When he's on, he's on, you know. But when he's off, he's off. Right. Uh, so now that the uh, the Supercross season's over, what's next? Oh, wait, I had to get oh, one more one sorry? more thing in here real quick, not to interrupt. But no. the other surprise, uh, I, I was just going on Kyle Cunningham mm-hmm. was that, but the other surprise was Ryan Dungey. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't think you know if, if you if you'd have polled a hundred people in Anaheim one before the race started, do you think Ryan Dungey will win the 2010 championship in the Supercross class? You know, maybe uh, you know a couple of them would have said yes, but uh, I mean, he, I think he came out. Um, you know, look at him. I mean, he, he's filling some big shoes over there at Suzuki, and I'm talking about the Carmichaels and the mm-hmm. Reeds that were there ahead of him. And, uh, you know, there's Ryan has uh, rose to a lot of the pressure. I mean, I know a lot of the guys, um, you know, uh, when Villapoto would string together a couple wins, you know, then people start talking about, uh, well, he's going to break under the pressure. He's going to revert back to when a few years ago when him and Jason Lawrence were battling for that championship. But, you know, he always answered those people, and he silenced a lot of those critics. And, and one race that I thought he, he rode a brilliant race win was um, Dallas. I mean, that, that was a key point, I, I think, in the, the uh, championship right there when, he, you know, Villapoto was on a string and then, he came away and he dominated Dallas, and I and I think that uh, you know uh, the win in Vegas, uh, you know uh, that that helped him uh, a lot too as far as his confidence because Kevin Windham was on a roll. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he had a couple seconds, he had a couple wins, and then I mean, he he rode a great race. He he knew what he had to do. He got the start and he he rode his own race and he pulled away and won. So that was another surprise. Right. Um, the, the, you know. I, you know, there's so much, we could talk for hours on this, but, you know, the lights guys, I, I don't think it was a surprise to see Weimer win that championship as well as Porcel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Stroop, I was pulling for Stroop to kind of get in there and get some wins. You know, he's always uh, finishing second, you know, but uh, unfortunately he got hurt. But, um, yeah. you know, a lot of surprises in Supercross this year. Uh, hey, if you want to talk to Jim Hawley, uh, 702-586-PULP, 702-586-7857. Give us a call, and uh, you can talk to Jim Hollywood Holly all about uh, rollerball and, and racing Winnipeg Arena Cross and maybe some Supercross stuff. But You know, uh, we're all in a bad economy right now, <clears throat> and if anyone's looking for a loan and they have any collateral, <laughs> you can go to the bank of Jim Holly. He yeah. will take the pink slip Let's, to your truck, and, that's right. and he will give you the loan. 
But if you say on <laughs> July 13th, I'm going to come back and give you the money that you lent me, believe me, July, July 13th, come around, July 14th, he's at the auction let's, getting his uh, money. Let's clarify that. I got a few emails. Watson told a story about you, Jim, as you heard. And I got a few emails wondering if you were pissed off about it. And you said not. But for the record, on the air, you're fine with Kenny telling that story of uh, what happened back in the day. Yeah, not okay. a problem with it. I mean, I just think, uh, you know, that, uh, I mean, that's just, I, I'm, I, it's black and it's white with me. There's no gray in yeah. between. And, 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 you know, like Kenny said, if, if you know, I, I'm expecting something on the 13th, um, either whatever, to be paid back or whatever, I at least uh, deserve the respect to have a phone call that day saying, hey, look, I need right. a couple more days or, you know, let, but, but just to ignore me, I don't like that because, I mean, uh, you know, it was a funny thing, and I'm, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret in the, in the backstage. Um, before the uh, award ceremony last night, we, we do a rehearsal at, um, in, at 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, a lot of people don't show up, and we're kind of waiting there, and Todd Gendro's there from Feld, and, mm -hmm. you know, we're waiting and waiting, and, and Tom Berry, uh, the actor, you know, he presented uh, he's, uh, uh, some awards last night, and he's uh, an right. actor on Cold Case. You know, I, I looked at him, and I said, hey, John, uh, uh, why don't you... Uh, uh, why don't you tell them what would happen in the movie industry if they were late? <laughs> and he says they wouldn't have a job anymore. Yeah, they would be fired right on the set. So I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm just a stickler in that. You know, if my call time for the studios is at five thirty in the morning, I'm there at five o'clock. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just that's just the way it is. I mean, uh, you know, that's just the way I like to run my life. And, yeah, and that's just it. That's Jimmy Holly. Okay. In a nutshell. <laughs> that's Jim Hawley in a nutshell, and there's so much more, um, but that's the way it is. Hey, hey uh, Jim, so with the, uh, with the season done, what's next for you? What's, what's your deal now? What do you do? What, what's going on in your life? You know, I just kind of enjoy hanging out with my kids. Uh, my, uh, James I'm really and Jared. looking forward to, uh, I believe it's June 17th, my oldest, uh, James. He's 18, and he's a good golfer, a scratch golfer. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he's graduating. And, uh, you know, for a lot of the people listening in, he will actually be the first Holly uh, to ever graduate because I didn't graduate. My dad <laughs> didn't graduate. We didn't have brothers. And I'm talking aunts and uncles and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he will be the first Holly to graduate. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, I'm, I've, we've been going out, checking out colleges and stuff, and he's been getting some little, uh, you know, scholarship things and, and people wanting him to go to different colleges and things like that. So that, that's a new uh, chapter in my life, kind of dealing with that. And on the other hand, um, I, was, I was proud the other day. Um, I got a chance uh, to uh, – I got wrapped out of the show, and I got a chance to watch uh, my youngest, Jared. He's 15, and he's only in 10th grade, and he's a young 15-year-old. He just turned 15, but – you know, they moved him up to the varsity baseball team. He's kind of dealing with, you know, kind of sitting on the bench, riding the bench a little bit. But every once in a while, they, they bring him in as a pinch runner or whatever. And uh, he ended up scoring the uh, the uh, winning run against El Camino High School. And, uh, you know, he had a little, his name was in the paper in the Daily News, so that nice. was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like to do different things uh, during the summer with my kids. And uh, But uh, Todd Huffman from the Motocross Files, uh, he's been we've been working with uh, last year on the Lucas uh, – Oil off-road truck racing series. We've been uh, working on some stuff with Carl Renazener uh, behind the scenes, uh, trying to put together a reality TV show. So, been doing a lot of those interviews, and uh, that's pretty cool to go there. I mean, I see a lot of the guys that uh, when I was doing the Mickey Thompsons uh, racing, uh, they're still out there. So, uh, mm -hmm. something different than motorcycling. You know, I get a chance to watch uh, my old rivals, Wardy and uh, you know uh, Rick Johnson, battle it out in the trucks. Rab McCracker and uh, Jeremy McGrath, all those guys <laughs> battle out. So it's something different for me, but I, I do a few of those for Todd and uh, I, I enjoy doing that. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, oh. have you ever won the championship in that Mickey Thompson off-road deal? Yeah, yeah, I won it twice yeah. in uh, on, 88 Watson. and 89. Yeah, back-to-back. Um, hey, uh, Hollywood, give me your first memory of Kenny Watson back in the day. What's what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about I know Watson? what you're going to say, Moat. <laughs> you think? Well, I don't know. I, I was going to say, uh, you know, I, I mean, K- Kenny, I mean, uh, you know, you, you got to know Kenny. I mean, you know, <laughs> you he, he's a great guy. Him. I mean, Kenny, uh, I, something that I remember, Kenny is, is, is being tireless as far as uh, promoting Moto Triple X when Brian mm-hmm. Deegan and himself and the team, they won the L.A. Coliseum. And, you know, uh, uh, Kenny will put as far as, uh, and I like that in a guy, you know, as far as, you know, selling and the corporate guards saying, hey, no, you can't sell that stuff. You can't hand out videos because we're trying to sell T-shirts. But, yeah, man, he's just out there fighting for a dollar himself, you know, and uh, I've always respected that about Kenny. Um, You know, and a lot of people uh, think that, you know, he's he's just trying to, you know, buck the system. But, you know what, he's looking out for his guys. Hey, well, I thought you were going to use the old Danielle story. About how this what? girl that I that I, I that I knew that I used to have a crush on for years, dude. Jim, Jim has me by a little bit, and uh, and uh, back in the day, uh, I had a little crush on this girl, and she goes, "Hey, do you know this motorcycle racer named Jimmy Holly?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Are you kidding me?" I go, yeah, uh, "I don't know him, but I know who he is." Yeah. And then after I got to know Jimmy, I brought it up, and he goes, "Oh yeah, Danielle, what's she up to?" Blah blah blah. So that was a that was a good one. That's how I thought you. That's how I first remember you. I remember the first time I ever seen you at Mickey Thompson, when I when I was with Kyle in like 1990. I asked you about him, and you're like, "Oh yeah, you got her number." Yeah, that's, that's, how's she doing? I haven't talked to her in a while. <laughs> you're an idiot. Uh, hey, uh, let's uh, let's take a call, uh, Holly. Can you let's take a call from a listener? Cool. Hey, Papa Max Show, you're on the air. Who's this? What's going on, fellas? Nash. Hey, Nash. How are you? I'm well. I'm good. Hey, Dub, what's cooking? First time caller. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, hey, hey, Holly. Always, How you doing, Nash? Oh, big fan, big fan from back in the day. I think you you stole a lot of my studying hours back in the eighties, is when I was a kid. Well, did my you graduate? Because if you didn't graduate, then I'm going to be upset. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm doing well. Enjoy my life. Um, Good for you. I live near the land of Paul Clipper and and what he's doing and oh, things well, of that nature. You tell Paul, I said hi. I haven't seen Paul in a long time and. Uh, you know, Paul and Super Hunky and uh, Tom Webb, they were instrumental in my career. I, I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but, uh, you know, when I used to do a lot of the dirt bike tests and stuff, uh, those guys were the first three guys that I went out with. And they, they taught me a lot about being uh, professionals. I mean, uh, you know, showing up on time and, and, and making sure you do a good job for the magazine and uh, you don't complain if it's hot or if they want you to <laughs> jump a Harley or something or whatever. Well, and, hey, uh, you, you took me right into my first question. Can you tell everybody the infamous Harley jumping story? I know Steve's mentioned it before on the air, and I mean I've got visions of that issue in my head again. Supposedly studying upstairs and doing my homework, and and basically just swimming in the the world of Dirt Bike Magazine. So take us well, through that if you could. Yeah, please. I, I couldn't believe that uh, Super Hunky was able to talk the Harley guys into giving us a Harley. It's basically a road bike and weighs a ton. It's got running boards, pedal, rear brake, and all that. He says, hey, we're going to take this thing out and jump it. I go, are you kidding? We're going to ruin this thing. He says, that's the idea. I said, really? (laughs) All right, let's do it. You know, and uh, we actually went up. uh, We we found uh, they were grading some lots for houses, and uh, they were different elevation changes, and a lot of those jumps were just that. Um, Actually, I was jumping uphill because I didn't want to jump downhill because of the fact that I was so worried this thing was just going to fall like a, a ton of bricks out of the sky when I landed. But uh, we broke off saddlebags. You know, I was worried about the, the fairing breaking, and I, I just envisioned, uh, you, know, you know, the thing 
cutting my hand or whatever. But I mean, it, it was a hard bike. But you know, it, it, if if I look back at this, you know, that probably helped me um, because you know I got into the stunt business and the Italian job. I mean, uh, I, I was uh, jumping those big RS twelve hundreds, and it kind of brought me back to when I was jumping that uh, big Harley. But uh, we had a good. How, how long did it? How long did it last before it really gave away? I mean, you know, it, 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 we got a lot of shots out, and it was a process of uh, you know it was controlled chaos, like weeds like to say it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we did little jumps at a time and kind of built into the bigger ones and the bigger ones. If I would have went big right away, I, I, I don't think that bike would have lasted, you know, and I don't think I would have lasted. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we got a lot of shots off. I can't remember exactly how long, you know, but, uh, you know, I probably did about maybe 15 jumps, and then we had to call it a day. I mean, that was it. It was just uh, the, the thing was just falling apart, and I was just worried that it was just going to break in half on me on my next landing. Fantastic. Uh, second thing, if if I may, Steve, is it okay if I ask another? I don't want to hog it. Uh, yeah, Nash, you can ask one more. Let's uh, let's hurry Thank up. Though. We got Brooks, I mean, we got Larry Brooks coming on uh, Hollywood. Oh, so. That's awesome. Uh, hey, real quick, Holly. I mean, you've ridden a total gamut of bikes. What was the the one bike you got on in the mid '80s? Whether it was Rick Johnson's work bike or maybe David Bailey's 500, something that really blew you away. You're like, oh my god, this is just ridiculously unfair compared to what the public's buying or what I'm racing on Sunday. Please say um, the Mugen It would have to been the Mugen in 1980 <laughs> when I filmed nice. for uh, Johnny O'Mara. Uh, he broke his back, and uh, Al Baker came to me and asked if I, I wanted to ride the, the white bike. You know, that was the big thing, the white bike, you know, because Mugen had been around just like Noguchi with Yamaha. They had their – Noguchi was an aftermarket company that uh, made top-ins and stuff for Yamahas, and, mm-hmm. and Mugen had that same thing. But that bike uh, – that I rode, uh, you know, it, it was incredible. And I mean, uh, and I'm talking going back to Indian Dunes days where we did a lot of those magazine tests. Uh, mm-hmm. I was at a local race kind of getting acclimated before before I headed back uh, to um, Massachusetts. This was my rookie year. And I was, uh, and then the deal was if I wasn't in the top 10, then I couldn't keep continuing on. And, and um, I ended up finishing in the top 10 in Southwick and kept going. But uh, I was at Indian Dunes the week before on my Yamaha. And, you know, I'd win the the local uh, pro race, and, you know, I'd win by whatever, 10 seconds or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and everything was good. I could get a, a bad start or whatever, but I rode that Mugen, and, I, I mean, I think I won by, like, almost a minute, you know, and I'm just going, unbelievable, this motorcycle is just incredible. I mean, uh, Hero Honda, the, the son of uh, uh, Honda, uh, he's the one that started the Mugen company, and, and that bike was uh, far and above any uh, production bike that I'd ever rode, or, or, or for that matter, any works bike. This thing was a, a great motorcycle. Right was there, is there something that's uh, out today that you would say, oh, the Mugen is like a, a certain 250F? I wouldn't assume it's a 450 if it's a 125, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, uh, I think that the way the, the uh, motorcycles are being developed with the carburetors, I mean, I, I like the, the, the newer bikes nowadays, That you know, the response of the carburetors. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it just hits and it goes, uh, it, it's on right away. And, and the other thing, too, is, you know, there's no more float bowls on these things because they're fuel injection. So, right. I mean, that was a testament to when Villapoto and Dungey went down in St. Louis. I even actually had to correct myself because I said, I don't know how much they kept in the float bowl. And I was just so excited in, in, <laughs> in the broadcasting that I said that. Afterwards, I went, 
oh, man, there's no more footballs on these things anymore. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I think something like that, just the response and the way that uh, the technology is going. I mean, uh, you know, I, I take out my Yamaha. I got the 2010 450, and I'll take it out to the desert riding. And we had a lot of rain in Southern California this year. And, you know, things that I struggled on to, to jump on, on my good bikes uh, when I was training and stuff on two-strokes, I mean, I'm just over-jumping everything. Yeah. I mean, the four-stroke wow. and the, the, the technology wow. has come a long way today. Thanks, Nash. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you guys. It. Have a good night. All hey, right. Mo, care, you know that's the first poster I ever had from a motorcycle guy was that picture of you and J.O. wheeling up the hill at the International? Yeah, actually, that wasn't the International, Kenny. That Saddleback. was uh, Saddleback. Yep. That was okay. uh, the start at Saddleback. You know, you had that big, long uh, starting line racing up the hill, and then you turned and you, you either, yeah, for, the, for the local tracks, you went about, mad, say, maybe three-quarters of the way up the hill, and then you turned and, and hard, hard left down the hill. But when they ran the National, you went even further, and then you came down Bonsai. Uh, that was the big downhill in Saddleback back then. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. 831, that was my first uh, National, my first AMA number. And uh, actually, if you look at it, the bike had 76 on it, which was my CMC number, but my helmet had 831 on it, and that's back in the days. Now the continuity is, is very important. You've got to make sure you have those stickers in. And, Kenny, you know as well as I do, yeah. uh, you know, managing the Hart and Huntington team. That you got. As a matter of fact, I, I did an interview with you uh, uh, this week because your bikes look so nice, and I saw you before. Hey, Kenny, can I get an interview with you? you? And you were placing the stickers on the helmets of the guys. I mean... It's very important nowadays to make sure that logo's in the right spot. And let's uh, let's take a couple calls real quick here. Paul Pimex Show, you're on the air with Jim Holly. Who's this? Uh, this is Rugs from Normal, Illinois. Normal, Illinois? That's right, Normal. Doesn't sound too normal to me. Yeah, it sounds kind of weird to me. <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, uh, um, thanks for listening. You got, yeah, you got a question for Holly? Yeah, um, you know, I, I graduated with a film degree, and I was listening to the Dave Castillo podcast and talking about how bad Supercross the movie was and how it did nothing for our sport, um, is there an answer to how to make a good mainstream hit for our sport to get out there? Um, I think Inside the Motos is the best and only way to show the true grit of our sport and what it really takes. I just well, yeah, know, I, I mean, I, I enjoy watching that show, and you're referring to Inside Motocross, correct? Uh, Inside the Motos on Fuel, I think. Yeah, yeah, where they go behind the scenes on the outdoor nationals. Right. Yeah, I, right. I agree. I mean, that, that's a great show. I enjoy watching it. But the thing about it is, is um, you're going to have to have a, a few different uh, aspects come together. And one, the producer got to be a motorcycle guy. The the guy who's back in the show's got to be a motorcycle guy. And then you got to have the right, uh, you know, uh, talent on the show that, that ride motorcycles and know the background. One of my favorite. Uh, uh, movies of, of all time. A motorcycle movie was The Fastest Indian. Uh, I, I really enjoyed watching that movie. I, I, it had a storyline to it. It had motorcycles in it. But uh, until you get somebody in there, um, you know, um, to uh, you know, make sure you're doing like, oh, that's going to look so stupid. You can't put that in there. You know, that's yeah. that's not going to work. That's not how it's done. You know, until you can have somebody in there, uh, you know, a consultant. And just not you know one or uh, you know one consultant. You need like three or four different consultants, as well as a mechanic, because some of the mechanics on the the way they welded the bikes and stuff in yeah. Dallas, you know, like, ah, I got a welder, I got this, you know. <laughs> Winter's like a good off. friend of mine, Richard Epper, he had that line there. I got a welder, you know, but yeah. I mean, but you know, were you in Winter's Take Hall, Jimmy? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh huh. You know, no one knew that Jim Holly was. Holly was in. Holly's been in everything motorcycle related and you know, others. And others, exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, thanks for the call, caller. Yep. 
Yep, thank you. All right, thanks, thanks. man. Normal Illinois. We got a couple more calls, and then we're going to be done with uh, Jim Hawley here. Um, that, that's short, huh? We'll have to come on another time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Pulp MX Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Has been. Has been. He's on. Hey, it took, hey, it took you a little while to call in today, bud. Are you feeling all right? Hey. Not now, you know. Hey, uh, Hollywood. How you doing? Great job. I'm doing great, man. Uh, I really love the webcasting. Are you moving into the TV booth next year? You know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think Jeff and Ralph do a good job, but I'm okay where I'm at. I mean, I don't have to dress up and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I could be naked behind that just with the headset on. But I don't know if my producer would like that. But, uh, no, I, I enjoy painting the picture for people, you know, because, uh, you know, it, it's hard for uh, a lot of those guys uh, – you know, I'm talking Emig and Ralph because they only have to describe what is on the TV. And, you know, me and Jason, we, we, can, uh, we can describe other things. Uh, you know, if there's a battle up front or a battle in the back or somebody goes down. Um, I, I don't like, unless I'm running the camera and I can point that camera and shoot what I want to see, mm-hmm. uh, then, then I'd be okay with it. But, uh, you know, they're kind of limited on, on the, the, the cameras and the angles and things they get. But uh, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. Hopefully, uh, you know, I'll come back. I mean, hopefully... Uh, there was enough people that uh, signed up, you know, if uh, Feld Motorsports, uh, you know, put right. that out there, and it was free for a long time. But with the the, the economy and the budgets and things like that, I mean, it, it costs a lot to produce that show. And uh, I don't know if a lot of people know, you know, what goes on behind the scenes uh, to produce that show. I mean, you know, we're we're there at nine o'clock. Uh, we're on the track walk. Uh, Alan Selk and Jason Wagon, they're, they're cutting the show together. We have a you know a half hour uh, pre-show, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. The amount of listeners that are listening to that part of it, um, mm-hmm. or, or do they just tune in for the main events, or? or hey, hey, hey Jim, how, how much uh, how much uh, of a guideline does Feld have over the show? I mean, are they telling you basically what to do? Are they giving you free reign, or you know, how's that working? No, they're giving us pretty much free reign. I mean, uh, you know, the only thing that we got to do is make sure we get in our commercial uh, breaks, and uh, if they have some sponsorship guests on, uh, we got to make sure we get those guys on. But uh, for the most part, uh, we, we got pretty good uh, free reign of it. Right on. Hey, thanks, okay. Has- thanks, Hasbin. Okay. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I'll, I'll call him for Watson later. Yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, Watson, uh, I had to. Uh, I got Jim to call up to the Montreal Supercross this year, and I was the Wygant. I was the play-by-play guy, and I was kind of stressed because that's that's really hard to do. I'm easy to I'm I'm easy to be the color guy because it's what I know and what I can talk about. Well, I was a play-by-play guy. I brought Jim up. I asked Wygant, "Hey, can you give me some advice on being a play-by-play guy?" And his advice to me was throw it to Holly. Just throw it to Holly because he can talk intelligently about anything. Like I was like, hey, Jim, uh, uh, look at those water pits for the Enduro Cross. And Jim could rattle off five minutes about the construction of the water pit, the hot line through the water pit, what you should do through the water pit, how the guys are going on the edge because the water would keep one grip dry. You know, you know? That, doesn't, that doesn't surprise it me. It was awesome. Me. I've known Jimmy a long time and uh... – him and uh, a good friend of, of, I like to call him a good friend, um, Robert Hansen, they used to do an event up in Reno called the Arena Cross, Reno Cross, and it was probably one of the funnest events to go to. And Jimmy um, would, you know, he, would, he ran that race. He was a promoter of the race. He put on the party after the race, <laughs> and he would do that. And then also, Jimmy would bring <laughs> Japanese guys over from Japan, train them, you know, yeah. have his dad work on their bikes. He was, you know, he's well-rounded in the industry. He's been around a long, long time, and the guy knows what's up. And just like he said, there's no gray area with Jim Hawley. It's either no. or black or white. And if you don't know Jim Hawley and you walk up and you talk to him, you walk away just saying, wow. That guy's cool. He's a good dude. <laughs> hey, Hawley, thanks for coming on the show, man. 
Well, no problem, man. And, uh, you know, we'll have to get into those uh, arena crosses at, at another show. Because oh, yeah. I, I got a lot of good stories about those as far as putting out fires. Uh, you know, <laughs> just to touch on something real quick, uh, you know, Casey Johnson was riding there. And, uh, you know, we used to give the riders a break. Remember that, Kenny, after practice? I used to let everybody go and grab something to eat and then come back and, yep. you know, get their, get their game face on. Well, one of our ambulances was blocking the uh, entrance uh, to, for uh, Casey Johnson to get out in his car. And he jumps in the ambulance and drives. And I get a call over the radio from uh, Robert. He says, hey, man, you got to go down to the pits, put out a fire. They got our, our star rider, Casey Johnson, in handcuffs going to jail. I go, what? Drove an ambulance? So, he moved it. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, because it. he was inside of oh, an ambulance yeah, yeah. moving it, and you can't do that. So we'll get into that story another time, though. Maybe yeah. we could talk about the Willie Surratt story, too, what happened. Yeah, that was another, you know, that was, uh, you know, it was, it was unfortunate that uh, we had a cement uh, you know, a uh, barricade there, and, you know, we, we tried to put hay bales and stuff and tried to make it as safe as possible, but they went into the first turn there, and, uh, you know, it was a left-hander, and they got, the guys got into pushing into the main event, and uh, Willie actually went into the uh, the concrete wall, but up above was the uh, railing, the, the steel Ouch. railing, and uh, he got pretty cut up in there. So, uh, you know, we, we, we learned from that. We, were, we, were, uh, we, we moved the starts around and things like that, but that was one of the uh, best uh, races, and not because of the fact that I was promoting it, just the the way it was, I mean, we, we, we had it in, uh, it was, um, you know, right before Christmas time, you know, November, uh, you know, and just the way the stadium was laid out, there wasn't a bad seat in the house and, and great dirt up there. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, we can, we'll have you on again, Holly, for sure, because uh, the podcast we did, I got great uh, comments from it, a lot of emails. People really like you, and you got a lot of stories, and uh, you've been around, man. You've done it. You've seen it. You lived it. <laughs> Thanks. Maybe I should make a T-shirt like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Good idea. Hey, thanks. Thanks again, Jimmy. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care, Kenny. Let him out. See ya. That was uh, Jim Hollywood Holly. Awesome. None other than, yeah, good dude. Uh, awesome. Race the rollerball to, to awesome. the duels. Just nonstop. Dude, that guy, I, when I first like seen Jimmy race towards the end of his career, uh-huh. was at the, the Mickey Thompson stuff, man. And that guy was so aggressive, yeah. and so aggro, and so. And he was like old by then too. Like yeah, he's, dude, yeah, he was yeah. in his late thirties. Yeah. You know, no, he wasn't late thirties. Yes, early thirties. No, been he early was not. 30s. Let's call him back. All right, hold on. Ask. Let's call him back and ask him how old he was the last year he raced Mickey Thompson. I'm. I'm going to say he was over thirty-five and closer to forty. All right, let's 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 call Hollywood back and figure this out. I say thirty-two. What's his number? 818-700? Uh, he gave me his home number for this one. I'm going to call him back. Uh, uh, I'm going to say 30 to 32 years old. You're wrong. Okay. Hello? Hollywood, it's Mathis and Watson hey. again. Hey, we, we, we had a debate as soon as we hung up. Okay. Uh, your last year of racing Mickey Thompson's. Yeah. How old were you? Ooh, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good question. Well, okay. I mean, I'm, I, I, just, I, I just turned, uh, I'm 49 now. Okay. So in the last year I did that, I believe, uh, 1993. Okay. So, so, so that's how old uh, would I have been? <laughs> seven and 10, 17 years ago. So you would have been 32. Yeah, that's about right. Oh, 32, hey, what do you know? <laughs> oh, hey, thanks, Jimmy. You're full I, of shit. I, I, won the, I won the bet. Thank you. <laughs> All right, take care, guys. See you. are a liar. Hey, Watson, you're just not on my level, like that, like that guy said, like <laughs> Dave, right, like Dave right, said. Right, right. I, I don't believe He's that. He's not his late 30s. God. Hey, Big Nasty, you liking the show so far? I'm loving it. You're going to have to tell a story about getting wheeled out of the, uh, the, the Mandalay. I was just actually thinking about that. Um, thinking about what? Because I was at the Luxor pool today. Uh-huh. And 
this my swim trunks is just what sets the whole thing off. Because <laughs> I have them underneath my shorts right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it was wild. So you did like a pool tour, right? You like what? What was your best pool in Vegas that you had the most fun at that you can remember? <laughs> the uh, Moria at the Mandalay Bay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you know yeah. the topless one? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> K-Dub knows, dude. I've been in this town a bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of topless bars, uh, uh, pools. You just got to know where to go. And you got to know where to, how to keep your, uh, your extension and your towel holder under control. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, like, secluded. I, I had no idea where I was going. Nick's brother had to come out and get me, guide me in. Yeah, that always works when you have a guardian in front of you, man. But sometimes the guardian don't work out when you get, you know, really bad out of control. But sometimes you, you end up being the guardian. Well, my guardian got kind of freaked out, and he actually left me there because it was getting so out of hand, I guess. Because people are on the, on the message board saying, come on, pickle boy, spill it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's spill it after Larry Brooks. going to call Larry Brooks Team Samuel Manuel, t- Team Manager of the Year. Suck it. <laughs> Here we go, Larry Brooks, calling him up. But he's, he's I, I guarantee you he doesn't pick up. Want to bet? No. I bet you he doesn't. I bet, you, I bet you he does. Damn it, Brooks! Hey, <laughs> Larry Brooks, you're on the air with uh, Steve Mathis, Kenny Watson, and uh, Big Nasty. Oh, wow. Hey, let me go find a truck to sit in. Hold on, I'm outside right now. All right, uh, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but he's at the Yamaha track. I don't know why. He's, <laughs> that, uh, he's that team no, manager not, of the year. You weren't supposed to say that, I thought. Oh yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. We didn't talk about that if I was supposed to or not. But Kenny, Kenny, maybe. What are you doing at the Yamaha track, Brooks? You got some inside shit going on or what? No, can't talk about it. Freaking uh, cold out here, though. Uh, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what, though. Team manager of the year, Watsons. They go to the track on on Mondays, and you're doing what, dude? Hey, me and Larry have many talks in the tower. Many talks. <laughs> many talks. And my biggest talk is, dude. I am over coming to the track and getting 12th, 13th, and 14th. He's pissed when he's getting 5th and 6th. I'm like, why are you so mad, dude? He goes, you never won. And I said, wow, Brooks. Yeah. So I could see the frustration in his eyes when we're in this tower, when he's watching his guy just you know, out there not winning. And uh, congratulations, by the way, Larry, from uh, one of your fellow colleagues. <laughs> hey, uh, hey are, you, are you somewhere quiet right now? Can you, are you good to talk? Yep, I'm all good. I just found a truck. I'm sitting in it. A little bit warmer and a lot quieter. Yeah, I bet. Um, I guess first off, let's talk a little bit about the season. It's over for you guys uh, as far as Supercrosses, maybe some Nationals in the future. But, man, I'll tell you what, those, these last three, four weeks, I mean, I, Josh Hill's a hell of a guy, but uh, it was kind of like a guy, like a terminal animal that was on the edge of passing away the last few weeks. It was rough. It was rough. <laughs> Wow. I mean, like, yeah. like you know, was, you know, I guess after, that was a bad after having, you know, a, quite a few successful seasons, this one was very, very tough, you know, and, and, and it wasn't all bad, you know, which is the, the sad case, you know, at the beginning of the year, I mean, we had success at the first race, James rode good, Josh finished sixth, you know, um, James got hurt at the next one and kind of struggled through those next two or one or whatever it was. And then Josh took over and, you know, he was throwing the thing up on the podium week after week and, mm-hmm. you know, finishing second and really close to winning and had the potential to win. And, you know, we left the West Coast and things just 
spiraled downhill. It yeah. just uh, got really, really bad. So, you know, when you're, uh, and I, I'm going to sound like a baby, but when you're used to getting, you know, good performances and good finishes out of your riders, and then those things aren't coming anymore, it's pretty tough to take. You know, you kind of have to take a step back and almost realize that that you're you're doing something you love. You, it, it's okay. You know, you're not going to win every race, but you know, just it, <laughs> yeah. it's tough to take, dude. It's really tough to take. Wow, dude, I don't think you've had a losing season. Um, you know, you've come from McGrath to. To Chad, to James. Well, he had KTM the years, but he was winning then, he too. He was winning yeah, then? Are you yeah. kidding me? I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, championship I mean, it's there? A, I've been very fortunate, like I said, you know, and, and, and this year we did have success. You know, I'm not, I'm not being a, a bitch or anything like that. I mean, we did have success. It's just, you know, it, it wasn't, it, it was all in the beginning of the season, and at the end of the season it was, it was really tough. So, I mean, I just, you know, I really stressed out, tell you the truth, there mm-hmm. for a long time, and kept thinking it's me it's me it's something that i can do i can i can do this better or i can change or it's going to be something i can say that's going to spark you know that fire again and it just never the fire was never lit again and it just it it really wore on me it was pretty dang tough yeah i should probably take back my comment it was pretty harsh to say that i just mean like it just the last few weeks have just been torture do you know what i mean like you're just getting yeah no, no i'm with you i mean i'm yeah. not i'm not saying anything about you know your comment i'm yeah i'm just i'm just kind of like going off of it and just agreeing pretty yeah. much you know it just it was tough it was a tough season and you know i have to realize that that you know we you're gonna have seasons like this it's not gonna be all success i mean you'll you know if you have a bad season you know that's only gonna make us work harder and try to come back and have a good one Hey, Brooks, I wouldn't say that you didn't have a successful season. You did just win the prestigious team manager of the year. (laughs) Okay, you do not know how bad myself and Jeremy Albrecht thought we were going to win. Yeah, I I know you don't listen to the show, Brooks, but uh, the last few weeks, Watson has been led to believe by certain personnel at Feld Motorsports that he was up for the award and he better be there. And I didn't even get nominated, dude. Yeah, like he better be there. And then J-Bone was told the same thing. And J-Bone went and visited a cancer hospital. So two weeks ago, Watson said on the air, I'm out because I didn't go to the cancer hospital, with, and J-Bone did, and he's going to win. And, uh, and, and so this is what we came down to. And then Brooks, the total spoiler, captures the team manager of the year award. <laughs> well, you, I was more surprised than I think a lot of people were there at the event. Um, uh-huh. tell you the truth, I mean, my kids – my, I had drove to the track or to Vegas with Davin and Derek, my two boys, and, and uh, they're 17 now. So they took my truck home in the morning, and I was going to ride home with Button and uh, Christy, his wife, and my wife, Terry, and we were waiting for Jimmy to get done because my kids had school the next day, so I was going to try to, you know, I, I was there at the, at the banquet kind of just, you know, doing my thing in the, at the beginning, and then when the show started and Jimmy did his award, and I was going to split, and I was going to go uh, back home. So, you know, I showed up and did the little handshake tour in the morning or in the in the evening, and and the show started. Jimmy did his award. He texted me, said, "Okay, I'm in the back. Let's roll." And mm-hmm. I, I got up and I left and uh, went upstairs, got my bags, changed clothes, and uh, and came back downstairs. And I was uh, Lauren, my truck driver. I couldn't uh, fit some of my bags in their car, so. I came back down to give Lauren my key, and uh, and <laughs> I was walking out, and I started hearing uh, the nominees for the uh, the manager of the year, 
And I'm like, oh, well, I better stay and just listen to who won. It'll, you know, motivate me to work harder. And so all of a sudden I hear my name. So here I am standing in a T-shirt and (laughs) jeans, and I'm like, oh, my God. So it was the the most surprising thing I've ever had happen to me in quite a while. Hey, so did did you, was your boss uh, super pumped on you and give you a pat on the back for your your well-deserved job? No. No, not at he all. He is the boss, Watson. <laughs> no, I, no, Christie's the boss. They were, I think, they were in shock too. They're like, "Well, what'd you do?" <laughs> yeah, you you got up there and you're all, uh, "Yeah, my team's really great. I, they're the reason I won this award. Thank you very much. Bye." <laughs> yeah. Well, I was holding back what I really wanted to say. So going through my mind was all this this stuff that I've had built up from not winning that damn award for the past ten years, and then. I was like, oh, don't say that, don't say that. So then I just wanted to thank all my sponsors and rolled out. <laughs> so do you want to say it here or no? <laughs> um, no, not really. Okay. I mean, all it'll do is get me in trouble, and, yeah. and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm always in enough trouble. I always, right. always kind of ruin myself for my team and my riders. So you know what, I'm just going to. I'm just going to keep it, you know, deep inside of me and, and dwell on it forever. Hey, dude, since we, uh, we're done racing Supercross, do you got anything to say about John Gallagher? Because at uh, this show, I try to beat up on him as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. this is the only way I can, Larry. Another weekly, uh, another weekly event is Kenny Watson uh, stressing how much he doesn't like John Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, okay, there's the story. Me and John Gallagher have gone head-to-head probably for the past, Two or three years, hard, right. really hard, and you know he's he. It's been full on yelling matches. Him, but one time I was at a meeting with Keith McCarty and Mike Garrett in the Yamaha truck, and 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 Gallagher came into the Yamaha truck screaming at me for something that I really didn't do. I mean, it, it always appears that I'm trying to cheat and I'm trying to do this. So you know, all the other you know, or some other team managers are, are trying to rap me out for Watson. things that they think I'm doing. And and there's no rule against these things. There's just this yeah. kind of that gray area. And dude, he came in yelling at me. And anyway, from that day on, he's thrown me off the floor and <laughs> doing all these things. But honestly, when since I started having all this trouble, he's been the most the, or the nicest guy to me. I mean, giving me calls during the week, like thinking I'm going to commit suicide or something, and right. you know, like like just being the nicest guy in the world. So. John is. We've kind of come full circle here, so I, I'm not really into into bagging on him either right now. I mean, I, he's been really cool to me the last few races. So, Watson, I think you just better run around the track looking like you're going to commit suicide, and then he'll be cool to you. Well, I, I talked to you about that, remember, a couple of times, and I'm like, I am over oh, yeah. it. And you're like, you wouldn't even consult me or anything. You were just like, do it, dude. Slight your wrist. That's the way I looked at you. <laughs> I tried to talk to you when we were walking off the track, and you're like. Someone's getting their ass chewed right now. I'm over this shit. Yeah. I did the whole deal. You know, I, was, I, I started out being, you know, super, um, you know, kind of understanding and trying to work with, with, you know, Josh. You know, he was having trouble. And I was, you know, understanding, trying to work with him, taking him to different places, trying to do different things. And I went from that to being super aggressive to being a total asshole to, I mean, I, nothing worked. You know, it just, you know... It just never turned around his performance, you know. He, you know, the the rib thing, you know. I, I don't know, you know. The ribs to me, ribs only last a certain amount of time, and his lasted throughout the whole rest of the the season. And it just, it was really tough for me to take. And you know, for me, I just, 
I, I don't take losing well. I'm a terrible loser. So <laughs> yes, you are. You know, I, I know this. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna try to be a good loser. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna hate myself when I lose, and that's what it is. Hey, Larry, did you ever show him the video of the Coliseum when you when you crashed down the peristyle and pushed your bike across the finish line? That's what you know. needed no, to show I, him. I don't know if he's ever seen that. <laughs> okay, that's that's the that's the determination that you got to show him that you have as a racer because. You know what? I've known you a long time, and I've seen a lot of battles that you had in Mickey Thompson's and motocross and supercross. I've, I was there the night in San Jose when they told you you had to get your arm cut off. And, yeah. dude, it was, I've seen you go through a lot of crap in life, dude. And you know what? Uh, you know, I, I, people can say what they want about you, but I, I'm always in your corner, my friend. I mean, dude, you, you do a great job at what you do, and people don't understand, you know, the passion you have for it. I mean, you know, you have two awesome kids that I know of, the boys. I mean, when I was at Utopia, you know, yeah. Larry asked me if I could help those kids out, and I gave him a few pair of goggles, and you know what? They were cooler than any athlete that I've ever sponsored. They were emailing me, thank you, sending cooler me. Cooler than Ivan? Tedesco? Way cooler than Ivan. Wow. All Ivan would call me for is a paycheck. These kids would call me. <laughs> they would just want to say, hey, thank you, you know? And right. I think you've done a great job raising your family, and did you know what? Uh, it, it's, it is what it is, and people just don't know. I mean, back in the day when McGrath – was racing how you used to walk the track and build the little kickers on the step on step off and lewis would come down and kick them off on the parade lap dude i would see fire coming out of your ears dude fire <laughs> dude, did watson just give me a compliment that was huge dude yeah. holy crap hey hey, hey, hey it only happens once wow. so just take it and take it as you want hey not not everybody can yeah, thank can, you very much kenny honestly thank you not, that, a, not that, every that's huge yeah not every manager can take his riders to a 12th 13th and 14th in the las vegas Supercross, exactly so. dude <laughs> we look good though hey, we but, look good but one thing too about Gallagher getting back to that you probably go back with Gallagher he did 20 Mickey, years he right? did Mickey Thompson right he was he worked oh, for Ron, yeah. Kandr- Ron uh, Crandall Crandall back, back in the day so you've known Gallagher uh, for a long time well Crandall actually brought Gallagher in right, you know right. and, 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 and taught Gallagher I think everything that, that he knew or you know kind of brought him up through the ranks and things like that and Hey, here, here's a funny story. You know that, that video you were just talking about of the Coliseum when I was pushing that bike across the finish line? Mm-hmm. That was Gallagher that walked out and pushed my bike there at the very end, oh, kind of over that last hump. Um, hey, so you're telling me that John Gallagher helped you get over the hump in life? <laughs> dude, that's, yeah. that's, that's really sad, dude. I didn't dude. say that was life, but that was the final jump. Well, that time, hey, that day. dude, at time, that was life for us, dude. Uh <laughs> uh, honestly, motocross tracks are my life and yours. So, yes, you're right. Ah. Uh, in a little bit here, we're going to take some calls for Larry Brooks. 702-586-7857. Call in if you got a question for LB. Larry, I wanted to get your take on uh, Chad Reed. Uh, he, he Twittered today like that, that they pulled the team manager selection out of the hat because there was other deserving guys. And I like Chad. I get along with him. I like you. I get along with you. Uh, he's taking shot a few shots here and there at you. Does, does it get a little old? What, what's your feelings on that? You know, Chad. Chad. Okay, I I don't know Chad that you know from from before. You know, I started working with Chad in two thousand seven and two thousand eight, and and we had some successful seasons. You know, um, first year we finished second. The second year we won the championship, and you know Chad. We had some disagreements there at the last uh, half of our final season together in 2008. And, you know, it just wasn't going to work out. And, you know, 
myself, you know, and the team, we decided to uh, to let Chad go and not rehire him. And you know, it just it it is it it is scorn Chad deep that that he just can't let go, you know. And I just keep hearing these things that he says about me, and you know, I keep my mouth shut. I don't say anything, and you know, Chad continues to say these negative things about me and you know all i can do is kind of say that you know he was he was hurt deep over that whole thing of getting fired and you know he just won't let it go so every time you hear chad say something negative about me it it, it's back to relate to that uh 2008 season when he was let go at the end of the end of the year let me ask you this though and i kind of know the inside details to that the person uh, maybe you don't even want to confirm this or whatever but i feel that the whole reason Chad didn't resign with you and you signed James Stewart was really Steve Astafan. I mean, like you, there was, you wanted Chad back early on. It was everything was looking good, right? And then sort of, th- and I think Chad's taking some of his anger out on what Astafan has told him on you, but it's really not that way. Do you want to yeah, elaborate? Well, or? You know, I, 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 I don't know exactly what, what Chad was told on the whole, right. how the whole thing worked, but maybe Chad's listening to the show and he's going to find out. So, you know, I, I gave Chad an offer. Uh, we did want him back. I gave him an offer, and uh, it had a 14-day, uh, a two-week window on it that, you know, it was, you know, sign it or, you know, it's, it's not uh, valid anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on day 15... Um, after after the window, I I emailed uh, Steve Astafin and said, hey, you know, it's past the the date. You know, was there a problem? Did something happen? And you know, he wrote this nasty email back to me and pretty much told me to f off and and you know use the the f word a couple times in it. And I was blown away. I was like, wow. You know, I thought we had a relationship here. I thought everything was great, and it just didn't work out. And, you know, now you're going to resort to this. And, and, or at that time, it didn't even work out. I was still trying to make it work. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, at that point, I just realized that, you know, this isn't right. You know, I shouldn't have to be begging someone to ride for me. And uh, James Stewart was, was, was uh, ending his um, relationship with Kawasaki at that time, and, and I knew it. I mean, we live in a small community, so you kind of know what your, your neighbor's doing. And, and so I chose to go talk to James, and, and James was excited. I mean, he, he thought it was a great opportunity, and the deal was sweet. And, you know, he, he jumped right on it, and, and he wanted that ride. And, and you know, and, and I, I chose to go with James Stewart. I mean, it was a much better move, and and uh, Chad didn't want to do some of the things that we were asking of him at the time. And, uh, you know, the racing part, Chad did great. He did a wonderful job with the racing part and, and winning championships and doing well in racing and racing hurt and doing all those things. But, you know, the appearances and the other things that you do for your sponsors, he didn't see the importance in that. And to me, that it's a 50-50 split. And, you know, Sam and Well has been great to us, and we try to give back to them as much as possible, and, and he just didn't see the value in it, and to him it wasn't valuable. So, you know, it just, it, in the end, it didn't work out, and, and I guess Steve Astafin did have a huge play in it, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's it just, it, I, I mean, I feel like Chad's, you know, giving his anger back, you know, to me of not 
you know, securing that deal or whatever happened. But he shouldn't be mad at me. I mean, he should talk to his own people and see what what the real story was. Yeah, I kind of I kind of believe that too. Hey, Larry, uh, when when you first put the whole L and M team together, there was a lot of um, rumors going around that Chad Reed owned part of that team, and Steve right. Asifin did represent that team, and Steve Asifin did go out and solicit sponsors for that team. Is correct. Is so that's all on the up and up that they, Chad. You guys built that team around Chad, correct? Correct. Yep. I mean, we we built the team, and uh, I I had spoke to Chad before we even built the team. Well, actually, I, me and Mike kind of came up with the idea of putting the team together, and then before we had all put you know everything together, I spoke to Chad uh, to being one of the riders only because you know I wanted to ride Yamaha because of the years and relationship that I had with Yamaha and Chad at that time was wanting to get away from Yamaha. He didn't want to ride for Yamaha and uh you know to you know to keep him on a Yamaha, you know, he wanted to ride for L and M and then continue to ride a Yamaha. So, you know, we made it work that he would stay on a Yamaha and and whatnot. So, you know, we didn't necessarily build the team for Chad, but Chad was the first rider on the team and, and you know, it did cool. it did work out that he was the guy. Cool. And my next question: What is the status with James for next season with you? Are um are you guys in negotiations with him? Are you guys close? Um, there's some rumors going around that you guys might be switching brands. There's just all kinds of crap going on. Exactly. Can you can you say yeah. anything about that, or just tell me to f off yeah. if you don't want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no big deal. I mean, I'm I'm open. Um, you know, our our contract did in with Yamaha this year, and. Uh, and we're we're in negotiations with them right now, and uh, you know got a got a really good offer from them, you know, a, a week ago that that we feel pretty good with, and you know there there have been other teams that that have called, and we've talked to them also manufacturers, should I say? Right. And um, you know, right now is the time to to do that kind of stuff because you know we don't you know next year we don't have a, a deal with Yamaha, so. Um, but as far as James goes, I mean, him and I, we've, we've come to an agreement on a, on a contract, a, a contract fee, uh, you know, all the, all the details of it and things like that. And, you know, we're kind of waiting for the details from the manufacturer to finish the contract, the, the rider bonuses, the championship bonus, all the, all the bonus program pretty much is the only thing kind of left out of the contract. But, you know, as far as, uh, the, the, the contract itself, uh, he and I have already come to agreements on it, and you know I, we work good together. You know he's he's a really good guy. I mean I don't know if if the teams that he was on before appreciated him the way that I appreciate him. You know he just he's a straight up guy, and that's what's cool. You know and and whatever I ask him, he 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 answers me, and he answers me truthfully. And and it's it, it's hard to find that type of writer anymore, especially the the, the caliber he is. Yeah, do you do you um, getting back to chat a little bit? Do you see? I, I noticed personally that you know James is still around. He's still doing the signings. He's still going to the races. He's still he's he's makes himself access to the public, even though he's not racing. Giving back to your guys' sponsors, Sam and Well Yamaha, you know, answer all his stuff that he does. And me personally, seeing that, that I mean, I I kind of go wow because he he could just sit on the couch and go, you know, what I'm over it. But he doesn't pull that, you know. That superstar Tiger Woods status, 
Right. Well, I mean, there was a while that he didn't come to the races right after his surgery, and, you know, he took, like, I want to say three, four weekends off that he didn't go to the races and, you know, kind of let the wrist calm down a little bit and and just make sure that if he did trip and, and fall on it, just wanted to make sure it was good. So after those few weeks of, of, of the wrist feeling a little bit better, then he started coming back to the races. He he never missed the Sam and Well appearance. Uh, he was doing the Yamaha dealer show appearances on Friday. Um, you know, we, we, we do salmon well appearances probably six or seven weekends of the Supercross season, and we visit boys and girls clubs wherever we may be. Uh-huh, you know, Dallas, that's how you Houston, got it. And then, uh, that's how you got the team manager of the year, dude. Boys and girls clubs? Dang it. See? See, dude, you got Albert it. Bro. went to the cancer ward, and I went to the boys and girls club. That was the problem, dude. See? Man. Actually, to be fair to, to Reedy, though, I saw him at quite a bit of races when he was hurt. Also, just I did just, this year. No, this no, year, Chad, Chad was yeah. there. I mean, yeah. I, I did see him. I don't know how many or anything yeah, I, like that, I but I either, would but see just, him at a few races. Hey, I'll sure. tell you what. I let's, sat next to Chad a couple times, and he was not happy about being there because he wanted to be out there, and he was just let's, pulling his hair out. Let's take some calls, Larry. Do you have a little bit more time? Sure, you do. Come oh, on, sure. Yeah, right. I have going on right now. Pulp MX Show. You're on the air with Larry Brooks. Who's this? Oh, Brooks. Pulp MX Show. You're on the air with Larry Brooks. Who's this? This has been. Hey, has been. What's up? How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Brooks, how Long you doing? Long time no talk. Uh, I'm hey, doing well. And yourself? Uh, I'm doing great. Hey, you did a good job with that, that kid, Hill. I think he's got a future. Um, yeah. I, I got a couple of two-part questions. First of all, look out your window. Who's testing at the Omaha track right now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't uh, see. It's kind of dark out there. <laughs> nice one. Nice <laughs> yeah, Supercross season's over. You guys are paddock. Uh, let me ask you a question because... Uh, Tony Lucky a couple weeks ago on that Moto Show claimed he was acting, and looking at the uh, at the Bubba Show, uh, I just want to know how much uh, how much acting is going on there, and um, and I was wondering if uh, if Tony Lucky was to do a show like that, if you would get on there and comment with him. <laughs> hey Brooks, Can you imagine a Tony Alessi reality show? Wow, that would be huge. Hey but, Brooks, I, no, were you acting when James got hurt at X Games? Uh, no, definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. You uh, know the. The whole, the whole Bubba show, I mean, there is a storyline. There's a lot of things that, that are reality in there. But there's a, there's a storyline that, that, that they're kind of building up to, you know, they're the, a pinnacle show at the end and things like that. But, you know, that, that is James's life and that, that is reality. But it's a bit of a, of a different spin of his reality and, 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 and kind of the TV take on it. It's, you know, don't don't take the whole thing serious. Yes, it is James Stewart, and and it is his wife. But you know, don't don't take everything you see totally to heart. It it is TV. Is James Stewart still married? Uh, James has got a fiance, and uh, okay, so he's he not married. So no. he has a lady in his life. Yeah. Okay, so it is yeah, acting. Absolutely. Uh, Paul Pemex show. You're on the air. Who's this? This 500 guy. 500 guy. What's up? What are you guys up to? Oh, uh, you know, just talking. Just about- golfing. Just I just want to. I just wanted to uh, ask Larry a couple questions. Uh, first one I wanted to ask him is: is how hard is it to manage like uh, Reed and Stewart when they're living and training in Florida, and he's based out of California? Um, that you know that is difficult. I mean, that was um, with 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 uh, James. I mean, he's he's pretty much solidly in Florida, except for tests sessions and things like that so 
I mean, we've got to have a couple sets of equipment as far as the motorcycle and stuff and just keep it rotating back and forth from California back to Florida. And, you know, he's got, he's got such a good facility back there that it's hard to, you know, demand that he comes to California and rides out here when he's got such a great place back there. And, you know, he's, he's had so much success in his life. And so anyway, I, you know, uh, it is difficult. But, I mean, if you're on the phone with somebody just about every day, you can keep pretty good tabs on him. Plus, we have a mechanic that lives in Florida and takes care of all his equipment, and uh, so we keep the, the, the communication open between him and I also. Now, what about uh, Josh Hill? Do you think his uh, performance has anything to do with some of his buddies that he seems to hang out with that just kind of got out of jail? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think, um, Josh is definitely susceptible to, to outside influence. He's a young kid. You know, um, I made a comment, I did a, an interview earlier when I first signed Josh Hill that, that, you know, it was sort of like college, you know, that he was a young kid and kind of got strayed off by, you know, the other kids and the parties and the things that, that happened, you know, on the party scene of the motocross world. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I'm not positive and it's hard for me to comment on that cause I'm not in that world and I don't really know enough, but you know, you would have to really think that, you know, the, the, the bad influences kind of came back around and, when Josh was, was winning and doing the, it, what he was doing at the beginning of the season, that bandwagon was getting loaded back up with the people that, that were there before and kind of took him down in the first place. And, you know, I, I, I don't know for sure, but, you know, it was, a, it was deja vu again, you know, with what happened previous to the years before. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that Josh did terrible this year because, man, he busted ass and did a good job, lost a lot of weight, and did a bunch of podium finishes at the beginning of the year. But, man, the end of the year sure fell apart, and you would have to think there was more to it than just uh, banged up ribs. Well, right on. Hey, five, 500 guy, thanks for calling in, man. All right, thank you, and, and thanks for uh, talking to us, Larry. Uh, no problem. Thanks for asking the question. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, when you – like you said, the the end of the season kind of taints it, but when you look at the overall uh, – at one point he was in the points lead, uh, a bunch of, bunch of podiums, riding well. If you look at the big picture, it's a strong rebound from last season. Oh, definitely. You know, Def- I, I mean, mean, it was a full 180-degree turnaround. I mean, it, yeah. if he could have stayed on that roll that he was on, he had a clean shot at winning the championship. I mean, when he started, you know, uh, having troubles, you know, he, he was injured. I'm not going to say he wasn't injured because I was no, at the doctor was, yeah. when they x-rayed the ribs and he had two cracked ribs straight up. But, you know, how long that lasts and, and all those things that come came with it, uh, it, it's hard for me to relate to, but you know, I, I, I will I will say he he did have two cracked ribs. That's hey, how hard was it for you to swallow when you seen those gold bikes in front of your guy this weekend, Brooks? <laughs> <laughs> because we straight out beat you, bud. Beat you. you. Did. <laughs> I hate Watson. you. Shut up, Watson. I hate wow, you. Wow, the guy beats you. The guy beats you at one round of seventeen. I don't care. Let me tell you something. This is what I tell my guys. 
and with start slow and with the bang, and that's what they did. Josh Hill smoked yeah. him at the beginning, but There's hey, kind of like David Villeman telling us at Yamaha that he would much rather get a tenth place start and work to fifth and be a hero instead of go first to fifth. He said, "I'm going to get fifth anyways." Well, that's that was Villeman's theory. <laughs> hey, you know what though? I mean. I didn't mean it in a bad way, Larry, but, you know, there's one thing no, that I, I always say, dude, in this sport, you're good as your last race. If Vegas is the last race and you tank for the first part of the season and you come on strong, people are going to remember. Like, let's look at, look at, look at uh, Cunningham, for instance. Yeah, it's tough for Hill because he can't redeem himself outdoors right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's, He can't it's even a, ride out. He's not even riding outside, right, Larry? No. You guys are done. Yeah, yeah. Only, only Supercross. He's not going to ride outside. Right. Can so I ask you a dumb question? Like, What's the chances of Hill coming back on the San Manuel Yamaha next year? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's open. I mean, we're, we're kind of in that, that's that time right now of trying to decide, you know, what we're doing next year. And, you know, I got to get my sponsors worked out first. That's, uh, that's hear you, bud. Been, um, it, uh, oh. you know, I think, uh, I think Watson, you're a sucker, dude. Like you bastard. You, uh, you did beat me and that's hot. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for you though. You guys, but just did, remember, good. You guys did good this year. Honestly, I appreciate it. They run just, a good show. They actually run a pretty good hey, program. Larry, just remember there, this though, Watson. dude. Back in the day, I used to wash your gear for you, bud. Yeah, you did. I you washed did. your gear like, for you, dude. Like you would be trading it to chicks, though, so I don't know. I don't know. Dude, that Clover gear with the football numbers on was a hot commodity back in the day, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But, uh, hey, hey, they paid well, let me tell you. Pulp MX, you're on the air. Who's this? My name is Jim. Hey, Jim? Yeah. Hey, Jim, thank you for calling in, and uh, thank you for listening. And you have a question for Larry Brooks? Yeah, I do. Hi, guys. First of all, hi, hi Larry. Hi, uh, hi, Kenny. And hi, Steve. Hi, okay. Jim. Hey, Jim. Uh, yeah, i got a couple of questions. One, my first question is, did Larry, did you guys have an outdoor package set for Stuart, and did you offer Did you guys have a package for him for outdoors? Uh, no, no. I mean, our whole team was built on Supercross only, and right. when James came on board, um, the, the offer was only for Supercross only. You know, uh, there, were, there was an option to race a couple outdoor events. Uh, last year, that didn't work out just because, uh, you know, we, we didn't feel the outdoor series, sorry, the Supercross series was going to go to the end like it did, and you know, with the effort that he put in, we put in, we just felt, okay, let's take some time off and not ride. But, you know, the plan was to do outdoors this year or some, some races this year, and then obviously he got hurt. But, you know, our whole deal is to do 17 Supercrosses, um, the U.S. Open both nights, the X Games, and then, uh, and then some um, outdoors and even some uh, Grand Prix if uh, they're possible. Right. Well, thank you for answering. You know, I'm of the opinion that I understand why you guys are doing the Supercrosses because that's where the revenue is, but I'm of the opinion that by not by people of your caliber and James not doing motocross, it, it, it hurts the sport. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I've kind of asked that same question to, <laughs> to, to different people also, you know, and I... Uh, I, I don't want. I don't want to be that guy that that hurts the right. sport or or people, you know, think of me as this guy out there trying to hurt the outdoor series. That's that that wasn't the case. I mean, honestly, building a Supercross only team was for selfish reasons. I mean, it was so that I could spend time with my family uh, after the Supercross uh, series. And you know, when I worked with Jeremy McGrath, 
that's the way we had done it, and I had come accustomed to it, and I'd felt that, you know, if I could make that happen, then that would be awesome. And, you know, Yamaha bought into it. They saw the value in it, and we went that direction, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I, I kind of feel the same way you do a little bit, and, and I shouldn't say that, but, you know, I, I, I don't want to hurt the sport of motocross or super or anything like that. You know, it just, you know, I, I did it for, like what I said, you know, for self, selfish reasons, and, and I wanted to, to you know, have a, uh, a team that concentrated on one series and one series only, and, and I felt that we could get more out of it by, by not dividing our time and, and, and focusing on one. And, you know, it, um, I feel that, you know, like I said this year, like we were going to do some outdoors and stuff like that this year, I felt like, you know, I could see that it, it kind of hurt James a little bit not doing some of the outdoors last year. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, he was really, you know, trying to put a lot of effort into riding because, you know, I, I again, that, that I don't think he did the outdoors. But, you know, um, you know, this year, I think we learned a lot from the first year and we were going to change it this year. Now we're dealing with an injury and we'll see how that goes. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see us out there at a few outdoors before this thing's over. Well, you know, one one last comment. Just it makes me a little nervous because you know everybody knows the season, the how many weeks you guys going to work out of the year, and then to hear guys like DC talking about uh, wanting to go to car tracks, it just to me and maybe I'm just you know imagining things. It doesn't portend well for the for the outdoor nationals because everybody you know that you can just get you can cram a lot more people into into the the car tracks than you could an outdoor outdoor venue. So I'm kind of nervous in that respect, but, you know, I really appreciate you being up, uh, your, the honesty of your answers. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And honestly, I mean, I, I grew up on the outdoor circuit, and I grew up racing motocross. I love motocross, so it's not like I want to injure that series or, or hurt it in any way. You know, uh, I feel that, that, that we've gained a lot of momentum racing outdoors and we've brought the sport to a, to a, a new level and hopefully we can continue on and, you know, we'll, we'll see how the, the future, what the future holds. But right now, you know, for us, I mean, it's still super cross only, but things could change in the future. One thing about, and thanks for the call, Jim, one thing about uh, that people need to realize, and I'm sitting here with two managers that do super cross only, uh, and of course, Mandingo Pickles, CEO, who's out of a job right now. But uh, uh, I, got, I got Nick Way's mechanic in here from Mandingo. But uh, one thing people need to realize, and I think, and maybe you two can back this up for me, um, some sponsors in the industry, and I know from people that run teams, they only give you X amount of dollars, and they're not necessarily concerned with you doing the outdoors. Like, it's almost an industry that needs to come around. Do, are, do you agree? Well, I mean, I, I think that the sponsors are looking out for a certain type of exposure. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah. want, they want to expose their brand or their product or whatever they're trying to get across to the consumer. They're trying to, to brand that or uh, expose that in a certain type of venue. And Supercross seems like that's the venue that they feel that they'll get the biggest bang for the buck out of. And, you know, um, I, I, I feel that Sam and Well, they are trying to 
expose a lifestyle and a way to conduct yourself and different things like that and you know with the boys and girls club and the community and different different things like that and then during the outdoor series is when we do a lot of our appearances with the tribe and different boys and girls clubs mm-hmm. so we're doing different things then that we wouldn't be able to do if we were racing the outdoor series so yeah. we feel that we fill that time with with we feel valuable appearances and things but you know, uh, as far as Kenny goes, I, I would think it's very similar. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for him. but Well, uh, I'll he, speak he for myself. <laughs> okay. I will speak for myself. <laughs> the reason why we don't do outdoors is because I'm not going and Carrie doesn't want to go and get 11th, 12th, and 13th. We, we, we're pretty much right now this year and in the past, we've always done a strong pit presence and are there for the fans. Anyone that goes to the Outdoor Nationals know – that, that uh, in the pits, there's probably two to 300 people walking through the pits, not, you know, 10 to 15,000 people walking through. So that's why we don't do it. Sponsorship dollars for our team isn't there to go do it. And Larry will speak just as much uh, on this note that I will. It takes literally, you know, almost the same amount of budget to go outdoor or more because for parts yeah. and bikes and expenses, it's a lot more expensive to fly to these places that are in the suburbs of these cities instead of these major cities where you could fly in, get a cab to a hotel. You're going to get, you're going to fly in a day early. You got to get at the rental car. You got to drive for an hour and a half. You got to, it's just a lot of loose ends and it's hard. Um, and the TV package hasn't been there. It's coming around now. Those guys are working their butt off to get yeah, it to Davey, where it needs Davey's to be. He's trying hard. He's for come, sure. He yeah. Is. Yeah. For sure he is. I mean, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough deal right now. I mean, the economy's upside down, and, you know, I, I give it up to those guys that are still going out there and doing nationals but, and hoping they don't go bankrupt. I mean, I, I really hope that they could turn it around. Right, right. I mean, the way the economy is, you hit on something huge, Kenny. The way the economy is, I mean, you, you take a step back and look at these manufacturers, factory teams. They've always had, you know, the luxury of, the, let's say, the team managers of – managing a team you know now they're looking at their team going holy crap we don't have the budget to go racing next year how the hell are we going to get this money so now they've got to come up with dollars just like the private teams just like kenny and i do with our teams we have to come up with money to go racing and in the past you know factory teams always had that that budget that dollar amount that they got from japan or or you know the american side or wherever it comes from and they got to go racing now these factory teams they're they're looking at their budgets too and going shit you know can we go racing on this i don't think so you know so right. now riders salaries are coming down you know the the amount of testing they can do is coming down the 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 amount of factory special parts are, are is coming down and things are changing things are changing hugely and you know it's 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 a scary thing and and we need to continue racing that's first and foremost we need to keep racing and however we make that happen is important Right on, Brooks. Well, well I'm going to let the cat out of the bag to you, Larry. If you see me and you see our team at Anaheim 1, you will see us at round one in 2011 at Paula. Okay. Really? We're wow. going to go outside. If you, see us, if you see us at Anaheim. So if you're racing next year, you're saying. If you're racing next year. Watch. Yes, the yeah. deals we're working yeah. on is it has to be the sponsors that we're talking to is a full package. So now, I've heard a little bit of the story about what you guys are doing, and if that happens, K-Dub, dude, it's going to be huge. 
Yep. Well, and K Dub will be running the whole show. <laughs> How's that? That's hot. That's hot. <laughs> it's kind of cold, but will you have time for this show, Kenny? I'll always have time for this show, but I can't get to your level. But I'm gonna have yeah, fun. you're not on my level. <laughs> some dude called or some guy emailed and said I'm not at Steve Mathis's level. <laughs> wow. And Larry, dude, he should have just taken you out at and, the knees. Huh? Hey, and Brooks, Brooks, he did. <laughs> Brooks saw me work on a bike, and so he probably can't believe that I'm on any kind of level. Hey Brooks, you see me work on a bike. It's a long time ago, and you seen Mathis. Who do you think did it better? Who's a better mechanic? And you could be honest. Oh, uh, why do you guys want to do that? Because we love chopping each other. This is what we do See? constantly. It's, that's like that's like the biggest dick game, dude. Okay, just whip it out. Just show everybody uh-huh. and go on. Yeah, but it's are you cool. into it? Let's do it right now. I'll throw mine on the table. Hey, I'm hold not on. in. I'm not in. I'm out. Hold on. Hey, that was mine. Did you hear you, it? You never won summer cost, dude. You didn't beat McGrath. You hey, know. I'm going to tell you a story my dad told me a long time ago, Larry. Oh, okay. He said, next time you go into the urinal, take a step back because the guy next to you will think that you're bigger when he's all up in the middle of it. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> That's right, a good I'll idea. Throw that thing out, man. Hey, uh, and if you have a small one, hold on to it and just build up mass pressure and take a step back and hit them in the urinal. You'll be fine. <laughs> stretch uh, it. Stretch it out. <laughs> Brooks, thanks for coming on the show, man. As usual, uh, pull no punches, honesty, and uh, I mean, you know, you are what you are. I, I admire it, and uh, I think a lot of guys, uh, if they met you and had a beer with you, you they'd uh, a lot of these internet yahoos would uh, would really like you. I think. Yeah, it, it's funny, man. I get such a bad rap for telling telling the truth, and you know, a lot of guys don't relate to it. I think because a lot of people are just full of shit, and they like <laughs> to lie, and they don't tell the truth, and. You know, so Damn. I come in and I start telling the truth, and 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 I don't pull any punches, and and I get a bad rap for it. But you know, that's just who I am. I'm not going to change. So it's just uh, that's, that's who why, Larry is. Hey, Larry, that's why we get along so good because we just like we had Jim Hawley on the show before, and Jim Hawley said it. There's no gray area in my world. It's either black or it's white. There ain't no in between. That's the way you you and me are. You could look at someone. And they could come over and give you that, hey, bro, you're my buddy, blah, blah, blah. No, you're not my bro. I'm not going to go to dinner with you. You're, I work with you. I have to deal with you on a, on a working basis. But at the end of the day, I'm going home and you're going home. Don't pretend that we're friends. Yeah, but you know how this, a lot, this sport is a lot. I'm, not, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but this sport, I'll tell the, the listeners, you know, this sport is a lot like that. You know, a lot of people want to bro out with you at the races and they want to be your buddy and the pretend they're your friend and and they'll they'll walk to the very next truck and they'll be talking crap on you and <laughs> they'll tell the next guy you know what a what a jerk you are and you know I've, I've seen it so many times and heard it so many times and watched it so many times that i'm just not down with it you know yeah. i just don't like it i'd rather just do my own thing and exactly. you know it me and kenny talk to each other in the tower and you know we know we know the story you know we look at each other and just kind of laugh and move on and i mean it, it's when you're in this sport for a long time you realize the ins and outs and and you just you don't have time for that kind of stuff anymore and you know, I'm I'm fortunate to have a good group of guys around me that I trust and I believe in and I I I, I like to be around and you know there's I have a few friends and that's about it. <laughs> and uh and that's probably why I get myself in trouble too for shit that I write. But uh Well, you're the guy that's going to each truck, broing yeah. down with everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's him. Yeah, there's certain trucks I'm not even allowed in, but uh, <laughs> uh you know, but yours is one of them. So um, yeah, you're always invited in the truck. You know that. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right, man. Well, thank you again for coming on the Pulp MX show. I uh, look forward to seeing you uh, maybe at the USGP just hanging out. Like, you, you think you might just check it out? 
What's that? Say it again. You Sorry. think you might go to the GP just to check it out? Will I see you there? I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to go there. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, watch and 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 uh, bring your own challenge. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I have some plans and meetings that I've set up that I'm going to talk to a few people. Oh, ah, okay. And uh, yeah, it's, it should be cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. To tell you the truth, I am excited that there's a USGP in the United States and in California. Holy crap! That yeah. is, that's freaking cool. Hey, did you race the last GP when it was here? I did. I did. They do. They show the video all the time, and I don't even know what number I was. Some random number, but I was like two seventy one. Two seventy one. They never even said my name in that stupid little video clip. I was so bummed, <laughs> but you know that's the way it is. Dude, I know you were there, Larry. Two seventy one. Uh, yeah, some random number, dude. I can't remember on what it was. Three sixty. On an Olean three sixty. Uh, no, no, no I was on a Kawasaki five hundred. Uh-huh. Dude, the thing was a monster. Pro circuit. Kawasaki 500. It was a monster. What kind of gear? Cinesala? No, four four gear, green four gear with pink gloves, green helmet, and like uh, what was that? Gators, Gators goggles. Ooh, wow. Did you have the Scott wraps on your levers? I had those. Uh, I I did. Ah. For sure, I did. Because and I at guaranteed. That time, I was huge on those things. Hey, dude! I guarantee <laughs> you showed up at the track with your JoJo's for your Bobos on. <laughs> I, for sure, I had that and a mullet running it. Yeah. Team mullet. Right on. Well, hey, go back to whatever it is you're doing at the Yamaha track that you're not telling us. And, uh, and right, have fun. Right. And well, Brooks, you were number 230. You were number I'm 230. So, hey, thanks, you guys. I appreciate okay. it. And uh, I'll talk to you guys pretty quick. All right. Hey, Brooks, number 230. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 230 was the big number. There you All go, right. guys. Later, Larry. Larry Brooks. Uh, awesome. Yeah, good guest. Always a good guy. Uh Big Nasty, sorry we didn't get a question in there for Larry. Did you have one? No, nah, I'm good. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just taking it all in right now. <laughs> well, hey, with, uh, with that, let's, uh, let's go to a commercial here real quick, and we'll uh, wrap things up when we come back on the Pulp MX Show. And uh, thank you guys for listening. X-Brand goggles are the result of over 25 years of experience in the eyewear business, and the product has been race-proven at the highest levels. For 2010, X-Brand has Michael Essie, Moto Concepts Yamaha, Josh Strang, and many others wearing the Gox and Gox Liquid Performance eyewear. X-Brand goggles are exclusively distributed by MTA. Check out our complete line of goggles at your local dealer or at thexbrand.com. Hey, Kenny, right now I want to talk about one of the sponsors, uh, the new sponsors of the Pulp MX show, a guy who's come on board recently. That would be the Racer's Edge, uh, otherwise on the web as TREMX.com, a uh, Simi Valley mail-order powerhouse. And uh, you actually go back with these guys. Yeah, we go back a long ways. These are the original Racer's Edge. I mean, I go over the all over the country, and I've seen the Racer's Edge on you know people's box trucks and other stores. But this is the one and only Racer's Edge. Um, throughout the years, they've helped out riders like Kyle Lewis, Brian Deegan, Brian Swing, Billy Payne, Paul Curry. Tyler Evans, Casey Johnson, Scott Cheek, Phil Lawrence, Mike and Jeff Alessi, Kerry Hart, Ronnie Feist, Sink Mars, wow. Timmy Wiegand, and the list goes on. And the cool thing is, all it takes is a phone call or email, order something, and you're on their team. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. You had a small Simi Valley powerhouse shop that uh, stepped up and helped us out. And uh, you can check them out at TREMX.com. Remember, anything over 100 bucks is free shipping. So uh, keep that in mind as well. It's your one-stop moto shop for everything that you need. And 
If you pulp, if you type in Pulp MX Show, all caps, you will get an extra discount on your order, Kenny. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. Well, hit them up. These guys will take care of you. And when they say it's going to be there, it's there. No BS. There you go. Right from Kenny Watson. Support them. TREMX.com. All right. Welcome back to the Pulp MX Show. We just had a quick uh, powwow session here. Uh, we're going to bet some stories from Big Nasty, maybe, perhaps. But uh, right away, let's get it back into some of our sponsors. Um, TREMX.com. Free shipping, anything over $100. It's uh, the Racer's Edge, uh, longtime shop, sponsored everybody as you heard that commercial. Um, this week's special is uh, 20% off a Showy VFXW, which is a top-of-the-line Showy helmet. Um, solid colors, all graphics. Same helmet as Josh Grant. And who else was a Showy, Watson? A lot of guys do, but like off the top of my head, I can't think Dude, of it. I can't either. A lot. They thinned it out. Yeah. I think they I know did. that. Uh, All right. D- does Josh Grant wear one? Yeah, Josh Grant Josh- wears a showy. Okay. I know for sure. Uh, 20% off at TREMX.com. Punch in Pulp Showy. Uh, P-U-L-P Showy. All caps uh, when you order, and you will get that Pulp MX Show discount. As well, 30% discount off this week at uh, xbrand.com. E-K-S-brand.com. Same goggles as Michael Lessie's going to wear. Kevin Windham wears a showy. Yes, there you go. Good one. Um, Thank you. There's there's some confusion over the, the, the code for X-Brand. Punch in Xcode2010. The letter X, the word code, 2010, and you'll get 30% off a discount for one week on your order for X-Brand goggles. 25 years of goggle technology goes behind that. Also, JGR Motors and Suspension. Check them out at jgrmx.com. Uh, you two can get the same mods as uh, Justin Brayton, Josh Grant, and Michael Byrne, uh, one of the leading industry people. They have uh, shock dynos, fork dynos, some of the best guys uh, working on the motors. And it's funny because the guys, Watson, that actually are on the race team work in the performance shop as well. And uh, so you're getting the exact same work that you would get that the top guys get. Yeah, the, race you know, guys get, uh, so. the JGR guys left their motorcycles at the Hart and Huntington race shop this week. And we had a chance <laughs> to, them open? To, to, to take apart one of the shocks on <laughs> Justin Brayton's bike. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure that you could get that shock. That thing is Actually, you amazing. You could get it at Kenny's shop if you meet him out back. Well, you could get a hold of my suspension guy, and he could give you all the update specs on the, on Johnny O's shock. But, uh, no, for real, those, those guys do an awesome job. And, you know, what? their race team guys are the same guys that are going right. to build your stuff. Uh, uh, talking about Larry Brooks and Josh Hill, one thing I forgot to ask Brooks about that Brayton told me, Brayton got fifth in the points. He, uh, he, need, he got past Hill by two points. And uh, Brayton was telling me the fifth place bonus. He wouldn't tell me what it was, but last night he told me the fifth place bonus was big, and there was no sixth, so he needed fifth. And he said Hill was in the same boat. Hill got nothing for sixth. Well, and I called it at the beginning of the season that JB twenty three would get. You did. Get. I could have sworn it was the other guy, but uh, might have been. Yeah. <laughs> now you're not so sure. But uh, uh, we're watching GP action here on the big screen uh, in my house. Uh, check it out on Altitude. Uh, the it's Vulcan, boring as shit. Vulcan Squad GPs on right now, um, but yeah. So Brayton was uh, pretty pumped on that bonus. He hey, said. dude, you can see Crowley's nose sticking out of his helmet. His nose is so big. Okay, all right. Uh, hey, if you want to call in seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven, call in. Ask uh, Big Nasty a question about the pickles, uh, or working for Nick Way. K Dub uh, will take your calls. Uh, Kenny, I noticed my wife's. Uh, grilled cheese and peanut butter and jam that you ate earlier at the beginning of the show. You Let's rip- get something straight right now, Mathis. You in rip- America, it's peanut butter and jelly, not peanut butter and jam. Okay. All right. All right. Guy, I apologize. Get it straight. What do you call it, Big Nasty? Jelly. Okay. Maybe yeah, it must be Canadian. Just like, thing. what do you call a beanie? Brian, what do you call it? What do you call it? Jelly. Okay. 
What do you call a beanie? A You're beanie. not at my level, a guy. Beanie is a toque. A toque. What the hell is a toque? Hey, let's talk about you being a, a middle-aged man or in in the thirties, <laughs> and you not taking your crusts off your sandwiches. Like, what's the deal, bro? Dude, I don't think anyone really cares. There's a about pile that. of crusts where Kenny's sandwiches once were. I was thinking about snacking on it. I'm getting kind of hungry. Yeah, you want you want to take them? <laughs> My wife's downstairs. Apparently, she'll make anything, anything. It's made to order here. Pulp MX Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Hasbin. Hasbin. He had a question for you, Watson. Yeah, well, first of all, Mathis, with all your fucking inciting thing, you know, sorry about the F bomb. Who's at the uh, Yamaha Supercross track after the Supercross season? Dude, I have no oh, idea. I, I asked Brooks that earlier when I was arranging this. Uh, this call tonight, and he wouldn't tell me. And uh, I have no idea. What do you think, Watson? Like off the top of your head, what do you? What I do think you it's think? This, this dude from Europe called Nunya. <laughs> Nunya, <laughs> Nunya business. You know what? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're shooting a, a commercial, commercial or something. Yeah. It's at night. They probably got some lights going up. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Has been. I don't know. Okay. Hey, right. hey, Watson. How you feeling, man? I'm good, man. What's up? Yeah, yeah, you know, a couple of sake bombs on Friday night, and just uh, just uh, oh, yeah. thinking about you. That was good. Hey, uh, I, you know, I, I know you're a rock star guy, and with uh, with Pro Circuit going one, two, three, four, um, I just want to know: you think they throw the monster, all the monster checks right to uh, to Mitch for tonight before they send him to the Bunny Ranch for the uh, reargumentation and a and a tighten up stitch? No, I could guarantee you that that did not happen. Mitch is married, um, but they might have thrown him Josh Hansen's way. Josh Hansen probably had a harem of him. Up there in his room, probably just slayed him. Mm. Yeah, and uh, for, for Kenny's corner, why don't you do a Ray Somo uh, recap? Oh, we, we could that's do a good call we could, there. We could do something about Ray. I got my three guys. But I got we, I got a good one on Somo. You want to well, yeah. cancel one guy out and throw Somo in there? You can if you want. Okay. Do it for Husband. All right. All right. We'll All get right. to Thanks that. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. All right. Thank you, man. Pulp MX Show. You're on the air. Who's this? Steve. It's Kevin. Hey, what's up? How are you, Kev? I'm good. I just. Uh, I want to know uh, if uh, Burner got that help on the outdoors from JGR. Uh, no. no Ber- breaking news. Let me break it, Watson. Breaking news. Mathis just got his hand broken. F you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm just kidding. I don't care. No, he's out at JGR. Uh, he's got an offer from Valley. He, in a drunken stupor last night at the banquet, he was telling me all about it. I probably shouldn't repeat it um, because it was in confidence and he was drunk. Did you see Valley hired? Reardon. Reardon? Yeah. And he, so I don't know if he's going to take the Valley offer. Honestly, if I had to say right now, I don't think you're going to see Michael Burn outdoors. I just don't think so. The Valley offer to him isn't, uh, isn't what he wants. Yeah, I know, uh, speaking of Valley, I know that uh, I was uh, seen in Cunningham walk out of the Red 7 semi with his brother-to-be-in-law. And uh, I know they're trying to put a deal together with Red 7 to maybe get him to the outdoors. I know that he will not be riding for Valley for the outside. Who, Cunningham? Cunningham. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that, you are breaking something, Watson. Breaking news. Was... And I like Kyle. He's a great kid. He's a hard worker. But I, I think he needs to stay on a light spike for outside. I think he's a kind of a little wild child. Um, he did get fourth. He did ride awesome. But if you watched his ride, he was uh, – I'm glad he didn't hit the ground. <laughs> really? Yeah. I watched it a little bit. I mean, it was awesome. But I mean, don't take me wrong, dude. The kid rode awesome. He had every. He deserves everything he got. But I think he. Uh, I think that 450 might bite him outside. So there you go, Kev. What do you think of that, Kev? Yeah. You just got. Uh, yeah, I agree. He looked a little scary a couple times out there. It was fun to watch, though. You, you just got some knowledge. You just got effed up with some knowledge, right? You just there. got schooled. You dropped knowledge right on my head. Yeah, yeah, you did. 
Uh, yep. uh, hey, thanks for this. This is the guy that designed the Pulp MX shirts, by the way. Oh, those are sick. The one like I got on right now? Yeah, exactly like that one. Yeah, the one that I've never even yeah. seen, but I appreciate it. Maybe I'll get one. Big Nasty has his on right now. You wouldn't wear it, Watson. You're way too cool to wear it. You want to bet? I'll do it. Let's do it. Let's do an ad. Okay. We'll and do an ad. We'll do an ad, and we'll do it with Nasty. We'll co-op it with Mandingo. Let's do it. Are you in for that, Mandingo? I'm down for whatever. <laughs> How about Mandingo being a sponsor of the show? I've got a bunch of pickles in my fridge. We work for pickles here, dude. I was coming to repo them, actually, but I think I must keep them. Good <laughs> nice. deal. Good deal. Hey, Kev, uh, you have any, any other questions? Uh, nope, that was it. Hey, just without, tell, without giving it away, tell the listeners our cool little project we're working on and how cool it is. It's so cool that I've done some of them twice. Well, that was your own mistake, but <laughs> but, but but it is cool. Yeah, I'm wor- and I'm, yeah, work- I'm working on that. Cool. I'm working on that thing for you. I can't go into detail. I'm working on that thing for you. Yep. All right. Thanks, Kev. Cool. See you. See you. Pop on Mech Show. You're on the air. Who's this? What's up? This is Gary. Gary. Hey, what's up, Gary? Where, where are you from, Gary? Where are you calling from? Northwest, dude. I'm from the Northwest, where you guys dude. like the Beatles up here, man. Dude, we got a lot of Northwest callers. Speaking Absolutely. of the Northwest, how is how is your boy Arnett throwing it in there? Oh, dude, that was nice, dude. The fifth place Port tied Angeles. in, I think, the heat race or fourth oh. place in the heat. I remember that kid when he was on 60s and 80s when I worked for Ty Birdwell. I didn't even know he was from. I saw his name. and I was like, yeah, Port Angeles. Dude, I, I was at Anaheim 2, and I was having a little uh, bar banging session with my buddy John Gallagher. And... Uh, <laughs> couple of the AMA officials, and uh, he was standing right there, and afterwards he said, Ty Birdwell was right. You stand up for what you believe in. And I said, yep. And I said, what's your name? And I started talking to him, and he was all grown up, man. And then I, I seen him throw it out there. He rode the light spike at the beginning of the year, though. That's what kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't really get it. And his number's 475. Well, Ty Birdwell's number was 275 when I worked for him. He, and Ty Birdwell was his favorite number. I mean, his favorite rider growing uh, up. So he would have saw me take Birdwell to Nash, from national number 89 to national number 88. He did, and he know he knows that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> You like that one, Big Nasty? <laughs> Your stories kill me, dude. <laughs> you did like my stories on that trip to Canada. I was thinking about um, your Arena Cross debut the other minute. Yeah, we could talk about that later. Hey, do you have a question, Gary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, I got a question. Uh, <clears throat> it might be for uh, maybe a podcast or something, but I was doing some thinking at work, and Spud Walters and Greg Zitterkopf. Yeah. Remember those two guys? Yeah, four-stroke pioneers. How, how would they look back at times now, looking at all the main manufacturers making these four-strokes, or what they are now, yeah. and compared to what those guys had arrived? I mean, those uh, guys actually rode real four-strokes, and they're like 7,000-pound motorcycles. And now that they're done, you can't compare apples now, to oranges, dude. That's like saying how did Roger DeCoster feel riding his CZ back in the day, I, and then how did compared to Ricky Carmichael's? T- you t- you can't talk down no. to the callers like that, Watson. You can't. No, no, I, no, Watson. I understand. I understand what you're saying, dude. You know I'm, I'm down with the callers, bro. Those guys were by themselves <laughs> riding a four-stroke. I mean, that was when ten years ago, and now they look back ten years, and now everybody's got a four-stroke. They're light as a feather. I was just kind of curious what those guys would be thinking. Go now that I'm done riding, shit. Now all these four strokes um, are all brand, you know, nice. The technology is what they are. Do you have? I a, just thought those guys were such yeah. badasses back in the day riding those four strokes. Yeah. Even against those I remember strokes going now. to Paris when I was a kid and seeing the Zit on the ATK. ATK. Um, ATK. The Halter, and yeah. Lou Lopez worked for Myers when Myers was riding four strokes too. Four He's riding. A, I think he got a ride for ATK or something. Sweet Lou. Hey, thanks, Gary. Yeah, man. Thanks. Pop my Max show. You're on the air. Who's this? 
Let's cook in Nash one more time before the night's out. Nash, hey Nash. why are you closing your computer, Watson? Because it crashed. Did it crash? <laughs> it's done. <laughs> it's over. Okay. All right. What's up, Nash? Hey, two things. Uh, when's the credit card component going to come up online in regards to the shirt? Uh, my wife saw the shirt when I was checking my email and stuff. And dude, just get a, PayPal, work. get a PayPal it, account. It's easy. It's badass. Uh, actually, you know what? My wife's got a PayPal dude, account. Just get a PayPal account. I don't know when the credit card thing's coming up. I right? think we need to do a shirt with just me and Mathis' faces on it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, dude. You remember like when you were a kid and you do the, like, the, the photo f- T-shirts? Uh-huh. That would be awesome, like Laurel and Hardy or something. They put them on cakes, too. Get a cake, Kenny cake. That would be so hot. Did we hey, just, uh, turn the world hey, I got a good question, and, I, and I'm sure you guys noticed this, and, and I'm looking for your knowledge in regards to it. Uh, take it back to the Villapoto Dungey crash. And when I was watching it, I noticed that there was a Cowie guy that grabbed uh, Dungey's front forks. Did you guys see that on, on the screen? That wasn't a Cowie guy. That was a monster. Inter- that was a guy. He was wearing a green... But those were the, yeah. that's what the track the the Feld guys wear on the course. The Feld guys wear that stuff. Was he trying to? Uh, obviously, then that makes more sense because I'm assuming that the guy was. Yeah, trying he was to just trying to pull his bike. He was just trying to pull his bike off him. I think. Got it. Say no more. Say no more. Um, I got a photo. I brought a photo up of me and Watson. Can we put that on the? Yeah. Will that be the t-shirt screen? That, that's awesome. That's so awesome. You should take a picture of that and put that on the Twitter and see what people think. Okay, I'm going to do that. Talk to uh, hey, one last thing. Watson, how'd you guys do those bikes this weekend? It looked awesome. Uh, it was a lot of work. If you go check it out, go to, uh, uh, what is that website for? Supercross.com? Is that what it is? Monstersupercross.com? Jim yeah. Hawley did a little interview about no, the bike. SXGP. Okay, okay, that's how much I know. But uh, And uh, we did a little interview about the preparation, how the bike was built, and what we did. So. i got to put up with Big Nasty every week. He so know if you go there and check are. it out, you'll be... Uh, You'll be surprised, man. That was a lot of work, really, to get that thing done. You know, we. Oh, um, I wanted to ask you about those side panels. No chance, like they just shot you down. No, our guy put the bike through. Check this out. <laughs> this is how upside down tech inspection and AMA is. Okay, you ride a lights bike. You got to have a black background with white numbers, and you ride a, a big bike, a 450 in the Supercross class. You have to have a white background with black numbers. Okay, just to see what the AMA would do, I asked my mechanic to put black numbers on gold. He comes back laughing, saying they teched it. They teched it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Our guys go out for the first practice, and they came back and said, hey, they can't wear those jerseys that they're wearing with the gold on the back. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I go, you tech. They're like, we didn't tech this bike. I go, dude, there's a tech sticker on it. We didn't touch this. It was a big cluster. Those guys are idiots. They're idiots. <laughs> they can go back to working at the Ralph supermarket and wherever other places they work during the week. The AMA needs to get it together and get people that know what the hell is going on. They're going to tell me that I couldn't have gold, but if you look at every one of the pro circuit guys, they had gold numbers on the back of their shirt. What are transponders for? It's, uh, um, you get, it's classic. Hey, Kenny, did you hear him too giving you guys, your team a lot of love on the TV? Especially yeah, well, Carmichael was. Harry Hart's a great guy. He's a phenomenal businessman. Must have good team. And ate some of the food that was. Well, uh, RC RC is a you know, a really good friend of mine, and he's a, a really friend. like like Tedesco. He's or? not my best friend. He's a okay. really good friend. Matter of <laughs> fact, <laughs> I went down there last summer and I bought him a housewarming present. I bought him a ping pong table that cost me six hundred bucks. And I asked Ricky, I go, so what's the deal? You've been playing ping pong, 
And he goes, yeah. So then I asked his wife, and she said, no, it's folded up in the garage. I haven't touched it since. <laughs> you stay classy, Carmichael. I'm like, way to go, RC. Way to go. All he wants to do is go on his boat when you go down there and go look at crocodiles and play wiffle ball in his backyard. Uh, you know what? When I was at KTM, speaking of tech inspection, me and Mike Williamson would have a contest to see whose bike, what we could leave off the bike and still pass tech. We, what, was, what, what was the winner, Mathis? What well, was the winner? Uh, the winner... Well, we had, okay, an axle nut. We left the axle nut off, the axle. We took foot peg springs out of the foot pegs. We had no front brake pads one time. All it passed. It passed every week with (laughs) glaring omissions on the bike. We finally gave up because I think we got in trouble. I think somebody found out and said, hey, you guys can't really do that. But Those guys are idiots. Um, idiots. All right, Nash, anything else? No, hey, you guys, awesome. I'll, I'll be listening next week. Cheers. Have a great week. All right, thank you. And I, I Twittered that photo of you and I at I Seattle. It. And uh, so if anybody wants to check out Pulp MX on Twitter, look for the next uh, shirt that will be coming out ASAP. Me- uh, Big Nasty, somebody asked how they can get a sh- Mandingo Pingles, Pickles hat and shirt. What do they need to do? You can get the, uh, the T-shirt at MandingoPickles.com on our products page. And the hats is a real limited thing. It's <laughs> you got to know Corey or Courtney from New Era, and you have to do special favors. No. <laughs> Did you do the special no, favor? That's not even how it went down. They're just—it's kind of like how Red Bull is keeping like all their merchandise all exclusive. Oh, it's like that, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's—it's it's oh, like you that. have to be a writer. It's for the elite. For, right for the now. elite. Not—we're we're working on some stuff. It's going to take a okay. couple months. And uh, another question in the chat room, Watson, that you closed down your computer. I know you can't answer this, but I'm going to ask it. What riders are you talking to for next year? Um, Josh Hill. James Stewart, but you just we're asked, talking to that's why you asked Larry about it? Hey, we're talking to them all but James Stewart. Put it that way. All of them? Every one of them. Okay. Ferry? You guys heard me ask Filippoto what he was doing last week. You talking to Ferry? Outdoors next year only. No nice. Yeah. yeah. I got his seal better. There's your 2011 outdoor champ right there. If everyone gets hurt, I got Ferry. Uh, okay, we're going to just about wrap this show up. 702-586-7857 if you want to call in. Uh, right now, it is time for the X-Brand Goggle tear-off tear segment. Kenny, you got to wait to do that. Uh, this is where I give Kenny 15 seconds to uh, uh, answer the questions uh, that I set up for him here. And I'm just setting up my stopwatch right now. That's actually how official we get. Kenny's got 15 seconds to answer the X-Brand Goggle tear-off segment. And uh, I think I might stump him this week. He might actually go past 15 seconds, which he never does. Never. But, uh, okay, question number one. Who's going to be better in 2010 Supercross? Canard? Porcel or Weimer? Is that a trick question? Because it says 2010. Uh, 2011. I, I, I'd say out of all those guys, probably Purcell. Okay, why? Because he's riding a 450 right now, and he's always been on a 450. And he'll have more experience. All right, there you have it. He, he answered that one. But uh, these next two are going to stump him. Uh, three things you, you like about managing a Supercross team. Three things, Kenny, what you like managing about a Supercross team. First, I like working oh. for... Uh, one of my friends that gave me the opportunity mm-hmm. with no pressure of me having to look over my shoulder and him second-guessing me on everything I do. Second of all is having a good group of guys that I work with and that I've got to pick, handpick every one of them. And third is I get to do what I love. 18 seconds. Sorry. Okay. Well, that's, that's not a trick question because you gave me three things and I have to answer them. I know. I know. Okay. Well, I was trying nice to try. The, okay, so conversely, the three things that you don't like about being a Supercross team manager. 
people in the industry that are full of shit. Uh huh. The, the the people that put the mandingo pickles. No, I love mandingo pickles. Okay. The people that um, run the race, they don't know what the hell they're doing half the time, and rude, rude fans that expect that you need to give them something every time they come, and if you don't, you're a prick. All right. You actually got that pretty good, Watson. Um, Jimmy Button's in our chat room right now. Don't ever underestimate the real KW. Uh, Jimmy Button's in our chat room right now, and uh, he wanted to ask, what happened about the LB deal? I don't really know. LB was on the show? LB is on, Button. LB was on. Um, that has been the X-Brand Goggle Tear-Off segment. Check them out at thexbrand.com. Um, 25 years of goggle technology. 30% off this week with a code I gave you earlier. And uh, please check them out and support them. It is now time for Kenny's Corner. <laughs> our our ever-popular segment, Kenny's Corner. Big Nasty's dying here. He's laughing. The only reason we, we did this is because there was another host on this show, and they used to call it Paul's Podium. Three things. I thought they used to call it Kenny didn't talk into his mic. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Paul's Podium. Uh, the former co-host here, Paul Lindsay, liked it. Drove Kenny nuts, titling anything, like naming anything, drove Kenny crazy. But So I came up with Kenny's Corner. My wife did, I think. And uh, so I make him do it every week. Pretty three random people in the industry. Three stories from Kenny. He hasn't been prepared. He doesn't know who these people are. Well, he does now. Ray Somo. Ray Somo. Uh, <laughs> people don't know who Ray Somo was. He was one of the pioneers in the 80s, early 90s. Um, we were in Southwick, Massachusetts. We were there all week. It was raining, muddy. The guys couldn't ride. Back, I don't know if they really do it nowadays, but the riders had this big thing with shaving. Like yeah. they shaved their legs, they shaved their whole body. Matter of fact, my good friend. Fernet was of, like a, a cat. Fernet was like one of those. One of my cats. really, really good friends and one of my best friends, Ivan Tedesco, has a routine where he shaves his whole body the night before a race every week. So, okay. Ray Somo was the same way. A little creepy. So, this was Saturday. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Before a race. And I had my box van parked out in the parking lot, and I was working on, you know, my bike. And all of a sudden, he was in the room next to me, and his mechanic runs out the door, and his mechanic was this dude named Hook at the time, who used to work oh, with I, Jeff Glass. I, I know Hook. Yeah. Okay. Hooker. No, Hooky. Not, no. not Mike Hooker. No, 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 no. Hook. 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 The, yeah. He lived upstairs in Glass's house. Exactly. Yeah. He lived upstairs yeah. in Glass's garage in that shop thing. Right. He comes out, and Somo is screaming and yelling like bloody murder, like something was on. Well, he had this great idea. Instead of shaving, he was just going to pour Nair in the bathtub. <laughs> and he poured Nair in the bathtub, and it went up his anal cavity. And, dude, he was on fire. They had to take him to the hospital. And they came back, and they said they put some kind of like liquid cream, and he said he felt so violated. So that w the next weekend, I think he was riding for like Thor or Sinisalo. He had Violator on his pants. <laughs> so that's my Ray Somo story, has been. Uh, wow, it wasn't has been. It was just uh, uh, whoever. No, it was no. It was the Kenny's oh. Corner. No, someone called in. And oh, asked. that's right. I'm sorry. It was has been. Dude, you'll be on yeah. my level soon enough. I know I'm not. Papa Mech Show, you're on the air. Who's this? Jimmy B. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is John out in LA. I, I just heard Jimmy B. So, uh, oh yeah, he, Watson thinks. I was he's trying some, to call. I was trying he, to use that that freaking crazy. He thing thinks he's some sort of clairvoyant, and he knows who's on the line. I got that pulp. Yeah. I got that pulp thing going on. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. Hey, I had a uh, quick thing. Uh, Kenny, Yo. I'm a fan now. You're a so, fan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, I was. Uh, I was a critic uh, when he came on and uh, replaced Paul. 
Yeah. Uh, you have officially made me a fan. Where are you from in L.A.? Like five, five shows. Where are you from it's, in uh, L.A.? John in L.A., uh, the Valencia area now. I used All to right. live in uh, the city, but now I'm in Valencia. All right. Well, I grew up in the city of L.A. I grew up in Venice. I saw yeah, you at Muscle used Beach to, a few times. in Santa Monica. The ghetto, the ghetto oh, well. by the sea. I was born in Santa Monica, St. John's Hospital, my friend. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I used to live right there. Such uh, there you go. What awesome a small world, man. Amazing. It's awesome. Uh, let's talk about hospitals where you were born. Let's, yeah, let's talk about the, the ghetto by the... the, ghetto by the, the okay. Enough of that, Watson. Hey, so, uh, I love my team. Uh, my, uh, my two picks for your team would be uh, Ivan Tedesco and Josh Hill for next year. I think that would... Oh, uh, for, for Watson's team. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, dude, Tedesco's on it already. I guarantee you. Well, let me tell you a little story about Sign Tedesco. Deal. Ivan Tedesco and me are really good friends. Best friends. Okay. We're... I I can I don't know about after this weekend. He's kind of pissed at me because I couldn't get him a ten thousand dollar cabana for free. So he's kind of <laughs> butthurt. So when when I was in between jobs, I was I went to Ivan and I'm like, hey, listen, dude, you're coming off injuries. You're living in Texas. You live on this big like hundred acre ranch. You don't have a caretaker. You don't have a guy to work on your practice bikes. Give me a job. Let me work for you. You know what he told me? Sorry, guy. I don't hire my friends. If you want to come out and stay with me and help me out. I'll do it, and, you know, I'll take care of you, whatever. So it's full circle now. Now he's trying to come to me and get a job, and I'm like, hey, dude, I don't hire my friends. It's bad business. That's what he told me, and that's what he's getting. So I can't say never. I never say never, but you know what? That beaner can get in line. <laughs> <laughs> and, and screw you and your cabana. Yep, and he can, he's, I love the kid to death, but you know what? What comes around goes around me, hole. All right. That's pretty funny. All right. All right. There you go. There you go. Thanks for the call. All right. No, man. No Thanks, problem. John. Take it easy. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Uh, John is, I believe that was John who runs the Pulpamex Forum, which you've probably never been on, but there's a Pulpamex Forum, and I think John runs it. So thank you, John, for, for your help. Hey, John. He's I appreciate the forum, and I appreciate the call. And you know what? I got nothing fan. but love for you because yeah. you're from Santa Monica. And he, he's now a fan. He was a critic. Now he's a he fan. is a fan. I, he can join the club. You can, if anyone wants to join the fan club, they can go to www.kennywatsonfanclub.com, and I'm taking donations. <laughs> and uh, maybe some of the pro- <laughs> maybe some of the proceeds on that shirt could go to you. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll donate to the children's hospital. Somebody somebody just tweeted that it was like the motocross version of Bert and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, all right, uh, Kenny's corner. Uh, second person, uh, Rob Bidas. You got anything? I talked to him today, and uh, Bidos. Yeah, Bidos. What do you got on Bidos? I mean, uh, he's a man. recent. I, you know, I don't. I know Rob just, you know, from the track, yeah. and I really never hung out with Rob. I know he's been doing this a long time. Uh, back, uh, we used to go to some like locals in Ohio, and he would be back there. I know that's where he's from, but I really don't have any good dirt on Rob Bidos. But okay. if I have to dig some up, I will. Yeah, well, maybe this week you can. Or, or, no, you're done. You're not going to be around anymore. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, third person, Kenny's corner, uh, Dave Feeney. What do you got on Dave Feeney? Longtime mechanic, uh, Yamaha Troy Pro Circuit. Um, before that, I think he was Phil Lawrence. Um, he's got to start with Phil Lawrence, I believe. He did get a start with Phil Lawrence. Uh, Dave, I think Dave this year worked for Brock Tickle. He did, yep. Yeah. Um, he does. I, I, uh, I first met Dave when he worked for Mitch uh, or worked, worked for Casey Johnson. He was Casey Johnson's mechanic. Love for a Casey long, Johnson. Long time. Love Casey Johnson. And, uh, you know, for, for him, uh, Every time you see Dave Feeney, he has a he has a nickname. It's called Diet Coke because any time he'd be around, all you hear is he'd be popping Diet Coke. Diet Coke. All right. 
So that's mm-hmm. what I got on Dave. I don't. It ain't too Australian. much dirt. Australian. Like Australian. Guy. But the thing is, I have a, I have people that I know and I hung out with. There was another group of guys. I keep it real, and I'm not saying these guys that I don't know about aren't real. But you know what? They just weren't part of the crew. Right, and I wasn't either. Obviously, no. Because remember, I talked to you about that. Yeah, you obviously weren't. You were uh, Canadian, dude. We didn't hang out with Canadians. We left for Ned in once in a while. Yeah. Well, he got a lot of chicks. Yeah, he did get a lot of he, chicks. I got a yeah. He did get a lot of. I chicks. I can't say anything because my wife's listening, but he got a lot of chicks. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, he real looker that guy. He's a real looker. Yeah, he had sweet hair. <laughs> he ran the corduroy LBZ and a chain wallet way too long though. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> like, and and like, those shoes, the, the <laughs> what were they called? Those freaking Van, were they Vans? No, what were they? No, they weren't Vans. The dress shoes that were kind of not. They weren't creepers. They were like sushis or God, what's the name of those things? I forgot the name of them. Yeah, he 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 hey, ran the LBZ yeah. like a little bit too. Yeah, long. yeah, because I ran it too. So did you? We all did. I never did. Yes, you did. I never ever. I ever. saw you with an LBZ Bullshit. felt shirt at a there's no at a way, party. There's no way in hell. You look like I would. Hugh Hefner. <laughs> <laughs> Only time I had anything to do with LZ was in the Triple X days when I wore that big yellow jacket when I was hey, riding around the sand dunes. You probably have some Mike Russell stories, though, huh? Mike Muscle? Mike Russell. Mike Muscle. Oh, Muscle. Oh, you, you, you I that do up. have some. Uh, that guy lived a life back in the day, right? Oh, man. That right? guy was such a freaking poser. Oh, he was? Oh, yeah. But he was a cool poser. He was, he was I like. I heard some crazy shit hey, about him. But the bottom line is, like Brooke said, you have these guys that are, all, yeah, 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 guys, and you, they'll be cool, and then you'll walk away. That was Mike Russell. I mean, I gave nothing but props to him. He did what he had to do. He, he made his company into a powerhouse. And, you know, he did what he had to do. Right. Um, hey, Big Nasty, um, what's it like working uh, for Nick Way for six races out of 17, but yet going to all 17 races? <laughs> it was good. It was, um, <laughs> it was good. <laughs> uh, it's kind of – it worked out well for the main bingo pickle deal to go and hang out. Um, when Villapoto held that jar up on San Francisco on the TV, business, business was booming. Yeah. They talked about it before the main event. Uh-huh. RV said he's going to do it if he won. And I, I thought he maybe just kind of blowing smoke. So I was keeping my fingers crossed. And when he did it, I called uh, my guys back in Michigan. That you know we're three hours behind. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, we need to we need to get those boilers going because it's about <laughs> to get real crazy in about twelve hours. <laughs> pickles are. Pickles hey, let are, me ask you a question. <laughs> did you ever think that you were going to get burned and not get paid and get sent home and be caught with your wiener in your hand? When all this went down with Nick? Because it happened to me. It happened to me, too. Yeah. Your guys, Motor Triple X, did that to me bad. No, my, my guys... Not, I mean, Kurt. Kurt and... S- Scott Sheik and Honda did it to me. Yeah. But it happens. You know, it's always about what's best for the rider. And screw the mechanic that it makes it happen. Uh, it kind of... The timing of it was... I was getting paid, uh, like, the first of every month. And the timing of it... Worked out pretty well. If I was, <laughs> where he was get... back on the Mandingo bike by the next <laughs> first of the month, pretty much. So when if I were to have been getting like got clipped, I would have been up to date on my pay. Yeah. So I guess it it wouldn't have been that bad. But um, like the whole Ty Lube and Brown, Alan Brown, they they made it right, and I knew Nick. Uh, he's got my back pretty hard, uh-huh. and so I knew he wouldn't have like done me dirty. So I wasn't really sweating it. Sweet. How did you like? What's your, what's your background like? Were you just a friend of Nick's from home, or did how did this all come about? You being his mechanic, because I work pretty tight with Alan, and all of a sudden they were looking for a mechanic, looking for a mechanic, and then like a week before the race, oh, we got a mechanic. And I'm all, who is it? And they said you, and I'm like, who? 
And they're like, oh, one of Nick's buddies from home is going to do it. And then all of a sudden I started thinking, oh, God. And then I seen you at the race. You worked hard and your bikes worked good. And I was like, right on. And then I seen all this happen, and I'm like, oh, that guy's getting hosed for sure. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I I'm thought like, for sure said, you were getting nasty, dorked. Big nasties out. I even called out Alan Brown. I'm like, you're really going to dork that dude? You guys are. He goes, dude, it has nothing to do with me. I go, I don't care. You guys told me he's going to have a job for the whole Supercross series. No matter what, he needs to get paid. And he was like, well, it's Nick's deal. And I'm like, oh, dude, you better handle your business. <laughs> no. So I'm going to pay him out of your money that you work for me for. <laughs> no, it, Nick made everything right for that whole deal. But uh, I met Nick about 10 years ago at a local track in Michigan. And uh, I would just kind of run into him here and there. And then uh, just... I don't know, over the years, we kind of just got to hang in a little bit more and a little bit more. And then when he rode KTM, he hired me to be his practice bike guy. That's when we first met. Big that nasty. was, yes. Faded back then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just, we had talked about it for a few seasons, him and I, like, working together like that, like, be, be his mechanic. And it never worked out until this year, the circumstances were finally, like, just right. And... Uh, I'm here. So pretty much everything fell in the line. Let me ask you another question. Growing up in Michigan, when you were a kid, who was your favorite rider from Michigan? Um, when you went to Pontiac as a kid, who did you root for? A Michigan guy or just in general? A Michigan guy. Dave Janolfi? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's from Joey Z. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, man. Um... I mean, I knew, like, a couple guys that were, like, three-digit dudes. You know, so I knew them in a little bit, and I was pulling for those guys, like Tommy Barron, uh, Jimmy Wilson, <laughs> but obviously Nick and Kelly Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Wilson was from Ohio, wasn't he? No? Flip? Yeah, Flip. Oh, man, I thought he was a Michigan guy. Well, hey, I thought maybe you were going to say, like, Brian Swink, Todd DeHoop. Big Nasty's younger than us. So yeah, I, I, I know, think, but, dude, yeah. when he was a kid going to those right, races, right. No. That, you don't remember those guys. I, like, I can't. I've seen those dudes race like local races, but I don't, I can't remember them. You don't remember Swink on the number 23 Honda Troy lining up on the outside of Pontiac cold shot and that shit? <laughs> I do, like it was yesterday. What? Wow. The first race With I the went beard to. sticking out of his helmet, looking all rugged. <laughs> that was sweet. 97 was the first Supercross race I went to. That was Swink. That was Honda Troy. 97, yeah, it would have been really? Honda Troy. Um, hey, Big Nasty, I was wondering what, uh, what caused your absence at the Toronto Supercross this year. Oh. <laughs> was there. Well, what was going on at that time? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same reason why when we went to Canada, you drove through. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's no. Nah, there was. Was there a sales meeting? Well, it's partly. No, that was totally ironic because the Mandingo pickles deal. We have a uh, a New York City deal that we've been working on for like months and months now, and the the Toronto thing. There's a little blemish on my record. <laughs> <laughs> where they're not that excited to have me <laughs> in Toronto. Yeah. And so it's always a gamble if I'm going to go. Yeah. And I Just, got I got caught that time. And so I had to stay in a hotel in New York for the weekend to the, until the truck came, came back out. And it worked out because the dude in New York that we're working on this pickle deal with, super cool guy, uh, we, we made up and we talked some numbers. And I hung out for a couple of days and... Uh huh. Made the numbers made the numbers work. We're getting closer, dude. These this pickle business, everything moves really slow because oh. everybody they they do this 
like open vat fermentation, you know, everything takes months, so nobody's in a big hurry. Where we're fresh packed, you can eat our pickles right away. So like we're like we're in the fast lane compared to these guys. So it's just w- Watson, you knew, you found out more about pickles tonight than you'd ever <laughs> Dude, known. The hot thing is, I never even knew about pickles. I knew about the classic. Well, you knew about pickles, but not. Yeah. I'd not like at this level. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I am getting educated on pickles, bro. Uh, you want to wrap this up? Please. <laughs> I'm all pickled out. Um, How does someone go about to get some mandingo pickles? If you don't know, he's going to tell you right now. Yeah. Mandingopickles.com. Uh, if you know, we, we ship them worldwide now. But yeah, you do. We're working like right now. If you're in Michigan, we, we have a Michigan distribution deal going on. So our retailers will be getting more and more of those. But we're working on, you know, just more deals in New York City, out west, Midwest. So, but online would be the, the best bet right now. So you can't, go, you can't go to your local grocery and pick them up off the shelf yet? Not yet. Well, I, I wish you the best. And uh, got a quick question about Michigan. I'm a big football fan. And I read one time Woody Hayes, he's an old football coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah. He said he hates Michigan so much that he would push his car across the border into Ohio if he ran out of gas to fill it up. What, what is the deal between Michigan and Ohio? Uh, it's an it's a intense rivalry. Like um, I, go, I have some friends down in Ohio, and I'll go down there and hang out every once in a while. And if there's like a football game going on, like it's on, huh? You're, you come if you have a Michigan plate yeah. and you're in Ohio during a, like a football game, you're coming out to broken windows. Like it's that serious. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's the way it should be at Supercross. I, man. I don't. I'm not following college football game. I follow CFL quite a bit. <laughs> Canadian football. Do they still League. have that? Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, big nasty. I had a lot of fun last year when we went to, uh, or two years ago when we went to uh, 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 Sandley Canadian National, yeah. where Nick Way went five four. Man, that it was, was a rough day. That was a long ride home. It was. It was, huh? <laughs> that wasn't bad, though. Your stories, though, were just killing me. Yeah, those are good times. Well, it's been another exciting episode of the Paul Bumex Show. I hope you had fun, Big Nasty. I did. Thanks for having me yeah. on. And, uh, and Watson, exciting as always. No show next week, everybody. Uh, we're taking a week off. Uh, no no super cost, so we're going to take a walk, week off, recharge the batteries, and uh, come in strong for, uh, for Hangtown. That's it. We're, uh, I'm not going to Hangtown, and I'm not going to claim I was there, and I know what's going on, but uh, I'll, I'll try to do a little homework about the race, but uh, I'm not going to go. <laughs> this should be good. Uh, we got Because 12. I don't really care about going to the Outdoor Nationals because I don't get paid to go. You uh, Can you watch them on TV, though, so when you come in Mondays, we know what's going on? No. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> no, I won't watch them on well, TV. thank you to TREMX.com. Thank you, JGR Motors. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Uh, Motors and Suspension, JGR, xbrand.com. Rockwell Watches also helping us out. Is that a Rockwell hatch? Yes, it is. Yes, Rockwell hat Kenny Watson's uh, wearing. <laughs> Thank you for everybody for listening. It's been a great show. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Coy Gibbs and Coach Gibbs, for uh, giving birth to Coy so we could do this. Without you, Coy, we couldn't do this, man. I appreciate it, buddy. And that is true. That is absolutely true. And thank you to Larry Brooks, Jim Hawley, Carrie Hart, <coughs> Big Nasty, everybody listening, my wife for putting up with this. And we'll see you in... Thanks for the grilled cheese, baby. Yeah, we'll see you in two (laughs) weeks. You know how to cut to the core of me, Baxter. You're so wise. But like a miniature Buddha covered in hair.